My name is James Rowlands. In 2015, I teamed up with my friend Dan White to create the Dubbing Our podcast. Since then, we have been giving you everything that's happened on the WWE Network. Now, in 2018, not only are we live for the big four events and every NXT takeover, but we celebrate 20 years since the birth of the Attitude Era. Plus, every month we'll bring you 205 Live, collections, new content, W pay-per-views and latest news on the WWE Network. Until we've watched everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands and bye. Damn right. And today it's the Dubbing Our 155 Part 2. Two. And it is the, it's WCW Spring Stampede 1998. But before we get on anything, we'll start with the alternate intro. And this one is going to be great because me and Dan are going to do this. And we've been doing like kids shows and uh, shows from our, the past, so to speak. And this is a brilliant one. Dad, do you want to start us off with this and then I'll, I'll pick up where you left off? Now, this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there and I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. Well, in West Philadelphia, born and raised on a playground is where I spent most of my days chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool and all shooting some b-ball outside of school. When a couple of guys who were up to no good started making trouble in my neighbourhood, I got in one little fight, my mum got scared, she said, you're moving to your auntie and uncle in Bel Air. I whistled for a cab and when it came near the license plate said fresh and it had dice in the mirror and anything I can say this cab was red but I thought nah forget it you're whole to Belair <laughs> I pulled up to the house about 7 or 8 and I yelled to the cabbie you're home smell you later looked to my kingdom I was finally there to sit on my throne as the prince of Belair <laughs> and that of course was fresh prince of Belair and now the proper intro in 1998, WWE and WCW were locked in a ratings war. Their shows, Raw and Nitro, went head-to-head on Mondays. The WNR podcast go back 20 years, right in the middle of battle. We followed the war since the, inse- <coughs> we followed the, war since the inception of Nitro, but now with the Attitude Era getting going and WCW at its peak, it's a perfect time to follow it month to month. This is WWE versus WCW for April 1998 and yes this is the Domino 155 part 2 and we're going to watch WSW Spring Stampede 
to be at the bottom of the pecking order, you dig it? You want some Hollywood? Well, come on down, brother. Take heed to what Macho Man said. You don't have to worry about me, because I'll shoot you right between the eyes. All I got to say, big man, you cover my back and I'll cover yours. In Hollywood, if you keep doing what you're doing, there's a real good chance I grab that bat and I beat the hell out of all three of you. And it was held on the 19th of April, of course, from WCW. It was held in Denver, Colorado at the Denver Coliseum. Yep, and uh, it was 7,428 in attendance. And, of course, we are live here. And uh, we get started with a promo video showing all the NWO problems. You know, Nash, Hogan, Macho, everything we've been seeing on Nitro. There's no mention of the World Heavyweight Champion Sting. There's no mention of Rowdy Roddy Piper. There's no mention of the Giants. So anybody tuning into this right now would have no idea. Would probably think it's a triple threat match between Nash, Hogan and Macho. And that's just one of the list of problems. But we're going to try to look at the positives here today. And the commentators welcome us because we get fireworks, which is uh, great as we start for pay-per-view. And they tell us that Macho Man's cast is off. And night event between him and Sting will be a no-disqualification match. So, I mean, that's interesting. I mean, and the card itself, is, should we just run through the card? And this is what we got to expect tonight. The first match is Bill Goldberg versus Saturn with Kidman in his corner. Yeah, we've got Chavo Guerrero with Eddie Guerrero versus Ultimo Dragon. We've got the WCW World Television title match, Booker T versus Chris Benoit. Yeah, we've got Kurt Henning with Rick Rude versus the British Bulldog with Jim Neinhart. Weight title match, Chris Jericho versus Prince Arcaia. A tag team match, Lex Luger and Rick Steiner with Ted DiBiase versus the NWO, which is Buff Bagwell and Scott Steiner. We've got La Parker versus Psychosis. And then don't forget the baseball bat and the pole tag team match. Roddy Piper and the Giant versus Hollywood Hogan and Kevin Nash. We've got the United States heavyweight title Ravens rules match. And that's DDP versus Raven. And then in the main event, no disqualification. Sting versus Randy Savage. So, you know, the card looks quite good, doesn't it, on paper. So we'll see if it really delivers in ring now. As we start with our first match, it's like Saturn's coming out here with Billy Kidman part of the flock and what does help because we've seen all the build up to it the paper you matters a little bit more now doesn't it you know we're not going in we're not going in blind so to speak well it does indeed um after a few of goldberg's matches we've seen saturn coming down only to get pulled back by the rest of the flock and we've seen goldberg running through the members of the flock that go to assist perry saturn mm. or to hold saturn back exactly so tonight we're gonna see if saturn can back it up in the ring by going against goldberg see if he can uh Stop a man who's at this moment in time 73 and oh, And like I said, Goldberg's been a kind of shining light on Nitro recent weeks, hasn't he, you know? I mean, what he did last week with the... Uh, I still remember the Greta Press into the spear. So it feels quite impressive. The crowd seems to be behind him. Talk about how to build up a wrestler. Indeed. Well, we touched on this last time we were talking about Nitro. It's, I think it's the perfect way. You know, he's running through the undercard. He's going to run through the mid-card soon. And then he'll run through the upper card and eventually reach the top of the WCW pyramid. Exactly. It's just the right way to book him as he comes out here. looks in great shape. As the fireworks go off behind him, he gets a huge pop. Oh, Mike Tanay tells us that it's going to be a huge couple of days for Goldberg because not only going against Saturn tonight, but tomorrow on Nitro, he gets a United States Championship opportunity. So we talk about uh, working his way up. Could be US champion tomorrow if the streak, of course, is... Um, 
or still intact. I mean, to go against Saturn, who has been featured really heavily on Nitro. I mean, he's had a match near enough every week, hasn't he, you know? He has, yes, and he's he's been there or thereabouts. I don't know why he's trying to target Ooh. Goldberg, who just done a very impressive, it's kind of like a suplex with an underhook. Yeah, it looked like a pump handle, didn't it? Saturn yeah. was trying to get Goldberg down, and Goldberg throws Saturn over the top. I think you've got credit, Saturn, because... Uh, He's not scared of Goldberg, as this might be over already. Goldberg got the leg lock, but Kidman pulls Saturn to the bottom rope. Yeah, Goldberg the... clearly doesn't like that, so he drags <laughs> Kidman into the ring. Gorilla presses him and then throws oh. him onto Saturn. And Goldberg doesn't care about the size. <laughs> and what a great way to start a pay-per-view, Bill Goldberg out here. That is indeed, and he actually looks quite an impressive wrestler. I mean, if he'd have built on this going through... He, he could have actually had some serious talent. The thing is, exactly, is that you try and build on the strengths and hide the weaknesses, you know. And in WSW, or even in WWE Goldberg, it wasn't having 20, 30-minute matches. It was always being explosive and, you know, getting a job done. I know that, but some of his variations of suplexes, they could have gone with that, and we could have seen an early suplex city-style Brock Lesnar wrestler. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? And like I say, if they'd have kept it with that, but instead they wanted to try other things that didn't really work, you don't really want to see Goldberg selling to the top, you know. Sam hits a, a leg drop. Well, first off, he took Goldberg down, chopping off the legs, and then off the top with a leg drop. But Goldberg's not been phased by it at all. No, Saturn's got him in the corner, kicking away at Goldberg, but I think that's just pissing him off more than anything. Yeah. He gets Irish whipped into the corner. Saturn follows up with a big back elbow. And Saturn, uh, Goldberg just shaking off at this moment in time. But Saturn, and a big success, kicked to the midsection, trying to suplex Goldberg. Oh. But Goldberg, with yet another variation of a suplex, just throws Saturn across the ring. That must be about five or six different variations of this match. And now he's got Saturn up, Gorilla Press. Into a slam, straight plants him straight on the mat. I prefer more the Gorilla into the power slam, but I'll take that, you know. And Kidman, again, back on the apron. Hasn't he learnt his lesson yet? He wants to go flying again. <laughs> yeah. Next time Goldberg throws him, might be halfway into the crowd. Oh, but Saturn hangs Goldberg up on the top rope. And you got to credit Saturn. You know, he's showing toughness in this. He's not backed down from Goldberg. Saturn helos over the top rope with a splash. And now again, Goldberg recovering fairly quickly. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? Goldberg. But he gets suplexed. A bit of a fisherman suplex there by Saturn. It's nice. Isn't super it? kick. Saturn now has got to keep on Goldberg. We haven't seen this. Anybody, like I say, suplex, super kick. Goldberg gets up quickly. But he just got to keep going with him. Gets knee to the back, sends Goldberg to the outside. And then drop kicks him into the steel stairs. Yeah, that was nice by Sat. He's got to take a bit of risk. He knows that. He's got Goldberg's arm trapped behind the Ooh. stairs and just pushes it to the ring post. Well, the thing is, if you injure the arm, it's going to be difficult not only with a spear, but trying to get him up with a jackhammer. And Sat's probably been scouting Goldberg. Oh, oh Hurricane Rana's him down. Very good by Sat and throws Goldberg into the ring post. And I was like, Goldberg recovering quickly, but. With all these constant shots, he's getting peppered by it, isn't he? You know? Fucking hell, he fucked that up, didn't he? He did indeed, yeah. I think Sam with a springboard <laughs> looking for a, probably a shooting star press, but doesn't even rotate and just lands on the mat. Goldberg lands on top of him. Well, the problem with trying to hit an Ashley Moonstone was the guy that actually created that is the Ultimate Dragon backstage going, yeah, you fucked my move up, mate. <laughs> but nevertheless, Gold, uh, Saturn throws Goldberg back in. Catching with a spinning heel kick, goes for the cover, but only gets a one. One. And now Saturn's got the arm of Goldberg. Loud enough for you, bitches. And now Saturn's got the arm, just trying to wear down Goldberg. Goldberg in a little bit of trouble here. I think he wants to carry on with his earlier game and just keep peppering him with shots as 
Again, probably about the 20th variation of a suplex we've seen in this match. As Saturn goes in for a cross arm breaker. That might be a little bit of a mistake. That might be a bit of a mistake by Saturn because he's uh, away from Goldberg a little bit. But recovers, gets up, drop tile, holds Goldberg down our front face lock. I think this is Goldberg's second longest match we've seen him in. Mm-hmm. And he's been in a bit of trouble here. But he managed to power Saturn up, take him in the corner, cut the shoulder thrusts. Oh, I restrict him to the opposite corner, but Saturn gets his feet up. Oh, but a sidewalk slam from Goldberg. And now Goldberg's finally got a little bit of separation, trying to get his bearings. But Saturn's still on Goldberg. Irish whip. Oh. That was a bit of a delayed Irish whip there from Goldberg. I don't mm. know if he decided not to run. Well, he's looked a bit impressive, but you've got to remember he's still very green. You know, he's like not even been wrestling a year yet. He's Greenberg. He is Greenberg at this moment in time. And Saturn's going to be one of these guys who gets him through the match, you know. So not even been wrestling in a year, but he's 73 and I. Yeah, 73 and I. It's been impressive. So he must wrestle, well, twice a week, I suppose, yeah. Goldberg catches Saturn with a, like a super kick of his own. And then he stares at the crowd, says, all right, enough fucking around. Let's take this time with Saturn. Short arm clothesline takes him down. Uh-oh. Poised to hit Saturn with a spear. His feet! Oh, and then straight back to the mat. And Goldberg screams after hitting the spear. And this could be the end of fans. I think know it. I feel I know it. Damn, what's going to happen? Wow, he looked to set him up for the jackhammer, but Saturn's gone for a low blow while Billy Kidman was distracting the referee. Oh my God, Saturn's up after a spear, that's impressive. Very impressive. <laughs> Puts him on the uh, top turbuckle now. It's the first time the jackhammer's ever been blocked. Well, certainly a way to block it, though, you know what I mean? It does work, especially with Raven out there, and Saturn, oh my God! Goldberg slams Saturn as he was stood up on the second rope. Kidman's in the ring. Well, the rest. Yeah, here comes Riggs. There was sick boy. Kidman's in as well. Oh! And geez. Kidman gets hit with a spear. <laughs> and Goldberg now just rubbing Kidman's head into the mat. Oh. But gets distracted by Saturn. And Saturn. Well, I might try the rings of Saturn here. Well, he's got him locked in. Will Goldberg tap? This might be Goldberg's first loss. Oh, he looks to be powering out of it, though. No, Saturn just readjusting. Well, Saturn's got to try and sit on top. Oh, my God, you're right. Goldberg's up. Goldberg powers out of it. F5. <laughs> He's got to be in that position. Oh, my God. Jacks him up and hammers him down. Wow, Goldberg. Rings of Saturn, he managed <laughs> to hit a jackhammer. Goldberg wins. So, but not only that, a gorilla press off the top rope as well. You don't see it that often. Freakishly powerful by Goldberg. 74-0. Goes to Nitro tomorrow for a US title shot. That was great. Dan, what are your thoughts? Again, he looked very impressive throughout the majority of the match. And if they'd have carried on with this type of Goldberg, I think he could have been 10 times, 15 times better than he actually was. I know he was a great wrestler. <clears throat> But adding some variation into it, it's like when we've seen him when he's returned recently, he was winning matches within 30 seconds, 40 seconds. I know that's impressive for a wrestler, but to see someone, you know, with such certain variations of suplexes and just, you know, the, the amount of variations he had to his repertoire. But I think what helped him out here, and I think credit's got to go to uh, Perry Saturn as well, and, and also the flock, because the flock's interference and certain times in that match, that's what... They needed to make it seem more competitive, if you know what I mean. Like, with the flock coming in and Goldberg being distracted. And I think Saturn 
uh, led the match quite well, and we he. I think it was not a bad match considering, like I say, Goldberg's not been around and his match is quite short. We saw a different version of Goldberg and I think that's thanks to Saturn uh, as well and, of course, the flop. But I think a great way to start off the uh, the pay-per-view, you know? Gets you excited for the rest of it. That does certainly get you pumped to see what's coming up next. Coming out now is Chavo Guerrero. Yeah, with Eddie Guerrero. You just think about the talent. We'll keep an eye on it now. We've just seen a Goldberg match and now here comes Chavo with Eddie. Of course, wearing a t-shirt, Eddie Guerrero is my favourite wrestler. But as we've seen in the build-up, though, the, um, Eddie has not been happy with Chavo, has he, you know? No, there's certainly been some distinctions between the Guerrero family, much like the NWO family. And, you know, Eddie's been told by his grandma, by, an, by one of their uncles, that, you know, they're, they're disappointed with Chavo. They're not getting the respect they deserve within the family because Chavo's letting the Guerrero yeah. name down, so to speak. And Eddie's trying to mould him into a better wrestler. Eddie Guerrero, he could become something great instead of just being a, a one-time ECW champion that loses to Kane within 30 seconds. Exactly. But I think the, the thing is about it, uh, this thing as well is Chavo's a man of his word. You know, and after having a loss, he agrees that Eddie would guide him in his career. And that's why he's having to wear Eddie Guerrero's My Favourite Wrestler t-shirt. And that's why he's getting slapped around, slapped around by Eddie. But we've seen it on Nitro. You know, we saw it against Johnny Grunge where he was respectful and he got caught cheap-shotted by Johnny. And, you know, and that kind of way of... Yes, if you let Eddie Guerrero into your life... You can imp- you can improve yourself with it. Don't forget, Eddie Guerrero is fantastic. Well, he'll help him lie, cheat, and steal. Yeah, and this is Eddie was always said, cheat to win, do what you have to do. As the Ultimo Dragon comes out, and he looks in great condition, and he'd be in action. He'll be in action against Chavo. I wonder if Chavo's going to heed Eddie's. And Eddie Guerrero is such a great heel. The match has just started, and already chanting, Eddie sucks, and he tells them to, uh, well, kiss his derriere. But Chavo's not going to concentrate on Eddie. He's got to concentrate on Dragon. Oh, my Dragon, of course, former Cruiserweight Champion in WCW. Way top to start. And this is much more the kind of Lucha Libre style you would expect, of course, with the Guerrero Heritage and Dragon, who is Japanese, but he's kind of learned that Lucha style, hasn't he? You know, he's kind of transcended it across. Yes, Char- indeed, yeah. Chavo sits down and Dragon tries to get a, maybe a Dragon leg whip player. <laughs> okay, enough of that. And Chavo now trying to set up. He's going to work the leg there. And you got to imagine, Chavo, Chavo's only been wrestling. We talked about Goldberg. You know, Chavo's only been wrestling one to two years as well at this point in time. So he's still very new coming into it. He's still got a lot to learn. But he needs to enhance, he needs to, you know, embrace the dark side, doesn't he, really? He does indeed, yes. And a nice shoulder block by Dragon taking Chavo down. Dragon running the ropes. Oh, Chavo looking for the leapfrog. Dragon rolling underneath him, then taking out Chavo's legs. Now hard chops in the corner of Chavo. Oh, the Jack Gallagher stand in the corner. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I thought Jack Gallagher was probably even born. Yeah, I think Gallagher took, uh, you know, took a few dragon moves, and that was beautiful, though, by like I said, the dragon leaping over Chavo. And again, you know, as Ultimo Dragon's getting the upper hand on Chavo, Eddie's just stood there with a towel <laughs> over his head, back to the match. Just kind of disgraced by what Chavo's doing. Yeah, well, you know, he's Chavo getting a little bit outrested at the moment. Another Eddie Sucks chance. Nice scientific way. So he's got the uh, test of strength. Dragon with a kick to Chavo. And Chavo down on the mat again, on the coming on the losing side of this bout so far. And a young Charles Robinson in charge. Officiating. He is. Charles is in charge. 
And there's Chavo trying to move out like Dragon caught his legs. And every time Chavo moves, Dragon puts him in another submission. He's embarrassing him in a moment because that like Chavo's head is between Dragon's legs. And he's just pulling the leg to put pressure on it. And then he's saying, what the hell are you doing? Do you think Dragon's doing a little bit of um, showboating to Eddie? Because obviously he doesn't like him, you know, and he's saying... Oh, but Chavo grabs the legs. Dragon was showboating too much. Looks like he's got a bit of a Texas Cloverleaf going on there. Oh, wow. And he's got Deathlock locked in. You don't see that variation often. And he presses back now onto the Dragon. The Dragon's going to try and get to the bottom rope. Is Eddie starting to get a bit mm. impressed by what Chavo can do? I think he was a little bit there. He saw it in his eyes. I don't forget, you know, they are uncle and nephew, but they grew up only a few years apart. So really, it feels like they're brothers as Chavo's trying to get into this match. Great leapfrog by Chavo. Is he, oh, I thought he got caught by Dragon, but now his is a takedown. And a second one. A lovely drop kick. Oh, now Dragon backs up to the bottom rope and Chavo can kick away, but he's got referee's count. I think he knew all about that, didn't he? He brought him out, snapped yeah. there down, just wearing it down. And I think at this moment in time, he's got a, like I say, he's got a chin lock and Eddie Guerrero's just going to shout encouragement, advice. Scoop slam and a running elbow. But I don't think Eddie's that happy at what uh, Chavo's doing at the moment. Just just trying to get kick, quick covers, but Dragon keeps kicking out. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> now wearing him down again but I think this is where WCW had it uh, over WWF you know if you look at just in ring action you wouldn't kind of get this you wouldn't get this kind of thing on a WWE pay-per-view I mean WrestleMania 14 was a little bit different that was the last pay-per-view we watched in WWE versus WCW we did have that light airbreak title match but again we've seen in recent weeks some raw tackle losing to like people like Mark Mero and stuff whereas Chavo and Dragon are kind of they are their own division. I think it's a good thing, but in the end, it's quite a bad thing as well, you know, because you just pigeon you're pigeonholed into that yeah. as a but then, just cruiserweight. You know, you've got the Goldberg Saturn match, which was great. You've got this match, which is going really well. I mean, it's a very technical match. You can have the Booker T versus Chris Benoit match after this, which is what I'd build to be a great match. And then you've got what I'd say would be a WWF match Kurt Hennig versus the British Bulldog. Yeah, yeah, most oh. definitely. And then, you, you know, you go back to Jericho versus Ikea, which, again, would be great on this card. And then Lex Luger and Rick Steiner versus Buff Bagwell and Scott Steiner. That's a WWE-style match. Um, then La Parker Psychosis, which, again, would be great on this card. Roddy Piper and the Giant versus Hogan and Nash, which, again, would be a WWF match. DDP versus Raven. It's a toss-up because that match could go one of two ways. Yeah. You know, if these two guys live up to their potential, then it'd be great on this card. And then, you know, obviously finishing off with Sting versus Randy Savage, which I think is quite ridiculous. But well, it's the thing that the main event matches or the kind of NWO talent let down the the in ring side is, of it. Well, didn't it they, is you know? the NWO that let it down. You yeah. know, the Randy Savage. I know he's not soon not to be part, but then you know you've got the NWO Hogan and Nash. But I always think it's good to have variation on the paper as well, like women's matches that don't exist in WSW. Even tag team, you mentioned last time round, kind of being forgot about. It's all straight up kind of singles, apart from obviously the the baseball bat and the, the Steiners as well. But even with Rick and Scott, they've not really kind of got into a real story yet. They're kind of, you know, trying to make it go on without really getting to any serious action. You talk about serious action, Dragon's turned up a little bit in here, got out of Chavo's submission mistake, tried to... Uh, Cut out a handspring elbow. That wasn't that was caught by Chavo, but Dragon again managing to stop that. A few kicks and chops in the corner. Now he's got Chavo on the top rope. Looking for a superplex. But Chavo, to his credit, fighting it. And 
like I said, he's not out of his element in this match, is he? You know, he's no. been bringing it. Chavo going to the top, dragons up to his feet, Ooh. sweeps out Chavo's legs, crutches him on the turnbuckle. And now Dragon looking to follow him up, and Dragon on the way to the top, Chavo over the elbows, and Dragon now with a straight right hand. Chavo again fighting off with some back elbows. Two guys managed to get back down to the mat, but Ultima Dragon was on the wrong side of town. Ooh. Oh, as he suplexes Chavo out of the ring the hard way. Okay, now we're going to show Perry Saturn how to hit an SOE moonsault because this man came up with the move. Here we go. Moonsault. <laughs> Absolute perfect. And now Eddie, I think he's worried about Chavo's condition. No, he's just shouting at Chavo to get up, telling him to basically win this match. There's no other option to it. Now Eddie's trying to show some tough love here and Chavo pulls Dragon off the apron. What? Oh, I didn't mm. watch this. And now Chavo over the top. Oh, my God. The elevation that Chavo got just completely threw himself over the top rope, taking out Ultimo Dragon. Absolutely pin-perfect accuracy. Eddie seems impressed by that. I know he's been shouting at Chavo. He's got to be impressed by that. But can Chavo capitalise on it, putting the boots to Dragon, but he can't win on the outside. As Chavo throws Ultimo back into the ring. Well, both men picked up a lot of speed there, didn't they? Running the ropes and then double clothesline. Both men down. Eddie's just coming in frog splash pair of them. <laughs> Is he wearing a rock t-shirt? Looks like the Brahma Bull on the back. Oh, and Chavo with a chop. But Dragon with the strikes as well. So if Dragon was going for the title, would it be Ultimo Fighting Championship? <laughs> I guess it would, Dan. The UFC. Dragon hits the insecure on Chavo. Goes to the top rope. Oh! Oh, but Chavo catches him very low with a drop kick. Well, referee's checking on it, and I think the Dragon's complaining. And Eddie's saying, that's it, Chavo. Go on, take advantage of it. And he's not letting Dragon breathe. Dragon's trying to fight off. And what's Chavo going to do? The referee's saying to Chavo, leave him alone, he's hurt. Eddie's shouting, look, he's hurt. Keep on him. <laughs> <coughs> Eddie's going crazy. Just beat him up, Chavo. Be relentless. But Chavo... Tag Eddie in. Chavo's being a man, being respectful towards the Dragon, saying, no, I'm not going to do it. I think the cameraman's in Eddie's way. <laughs> And Eddie just slapped Chavo around the face. Made that a second time as well. Oh, as soon as Dragon gets to his feet, though, Chavo hits him with a drop kick. And now he's got him up, mate. Brainbuster. No. Ooh. Oh. Oh, my had an inside cradle. Nearly got the cover. But Dragon managed to kick out. Uh, Chavo managed to kick out. Oh, and Eddie's got his back turned <laughs> to the action again. Now Chavo with the uppercut. We're going to look to put Dragon away. And a beautiful brain buster by Chavo. He said, Chavo said, that one's for you. And he's like, yeah, but what are you waiting for? He's waiting for Dragon to get up now. Here comes Chavo. Oh, we're looking for the Tornado DDT. He gets caught in a Dragon sleeper. Oh, this is it now. Chavo's in serious trouble. Oh, yep. And he taps out. Wow. And then he's furious. He said, look, he had him beat. He had him serious trouble after that low drop kick, but Chavo wouldn't take advantage. He wanted Dragon to recover. And then Dragon sleeper. Chavo loses again, and Eddie coming in here, and he let down the Guerrero family yet again. And Eddie comes in and says, what do I have to do, Chavo? What do I have to do to make you win? And he says, Chavo's a bit crazy. Chavo's saying, look, I'm not cheating to win. So Dragon beats Chavo in a good match, but again, Eddie Guerrero's a real star in this, isn't he? You know, he's <laughs> the, uh, a real villain. Chavo will not cheat to win, but that is what's in the Guerrero's namesake. 
Oh, we're going back to an internet location. www.wcwwrestling.com. Yeah, and Paige there going to talk about his uh, match that he's got upcoming against Raven for United States title. So personal between these two. You know, they go back years with Jake the Snake involved. And Paige was there to look after Raven. Well, Raven doesn't think so, you know. And he said he was left in, to rot in ECW. He had to make his way to WCW to finally get an opportunity. And that's why he hates DDP. We'll find out tonight when the US title's on the line. Raven's rules match. But it's all about championships. And we've got a great title match next. It's a television championship, and here comes Dan's favourite, Chris Benoit. So the build-up to this, Dan, it's, it's been pretty good, hasn't it, really? We've seen a kind of rivalry between Booker and Benoit. We've had two 10-minute draws for the TV championship. So this one is no time limit until we are actually going to get a winner for Booker and Benoit. But why are you looking forward to this match, Phil? Just the rivalry, you know, the rivalry, the way they've had it built up. There's been no clear-cut winner. They, as you say, they've had two 10-minute draws this match is without a time limit this time. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just, but, but it's more about the, the kind of, uh, the wrestling side. We've been impressed with Booker T, what we saw of him here, isn't it? He can really go in the ring, I think. I think maybe you think, you forget about that with Booker T, just because uh, the kind of character and the Spinneroonie and stuff. But he really does back up in the ring. We've seen him week in, week out on Nitro, defending that TV championship, because beat Rick Martel at the, uh, but Rip Martel and Paris sat in a couple of months ago on the paper we last watched. And the fans seem to be getting behind him as well, didn't they? You know, it's a real... Talk about WCW doesn't build stars, but we see with Goldberg, with Booker, it's kind of real homegrown talent. Well, currently, Booker T is a no-time, no-time, no-time heavyweight champion. Exactly. And Benoit has not held a single championship here in WCW. The only championship he's won in America at this point in time here is tag team titles with Dean Malenko in ECW. So you talk about how successful these two men would become and this is the the feud for it, you know. Uh, right, so we'll talk about television championship compared to European title. What do you prefer? I think the European championship. Yeah? Yeah. Not I mean, for its like prestigiousness, but just of the title itself. Yeah. I understand the point of a television championship. Like for NXT, I'd rather have a TV title than a North American championship because at least you can defend that kind of every week. Do you know what I mean? It would be like one of those things. It's the, you know, it's the third championship behind US and of course the world title. But I still think it's a good one. And for young stars like Booker T, they can have great matches with we see with Benoit, people like Guerrero and. Any of the cruiserweights who kind of want to move up a little bit, I think this championship would be perfect for them to, to do that, you know? But this should be a doozy, Booker T and Benoit. We've seen the chemistry these two men have got. The bell starts. I mean, who do you favour in this one, if you're going to watch it straight up? Chris Benoit. I think Benoit, he's got a certain edge at the moment. The fans seem to be behind him. And we know how dangerous that crossface is, you know? We, uh, he can put it on in an instant. And the Colin Elwood type, Benoit Booker to start. It's a bit of a stalemate to start off with, but the upper hand. Got a side headlock on Benoit. Yeah, the first Colin Albert up with a draw. This is how this match is going to start off. Trying to see who's going to have control. Nice shoulder block by Booker T. Showing his power, mate, sending Benoit out. So, so we're talking about. Think Benoit's got a power advantage over. I uh, think Booker's got a power advantage over Benoit. Uh, they're pretty equal if you look at the stats, you know. Maybe speed, you say Benoit, but then again, Booker T. He's known for his kind of high-flying moves as well. Aggressiveness, again, you might say Benoit, but Booker T's kind of got that as well. Technically, Booker's been impressive. Maybe Benoit is on top there, but you would say probably Booker's got more personality. So 
it's really weird how well matched they are, isn't it? You know, it is. Yeah, um, I think these two guys are a perfect match to have a match. You know, a perfect match for a match. Yeah. Really, they blend well when Benoit comes back in. Not happy about being thrown out, so he's sort of a huge chop to Booker. Booker reverses the Irish whip, tries a kick a couple of times. Benoit dodges, and then Benoit just kicks out Booker's feet or legs, working on Booker's legs, and then rams it into the mat. Benoit's going to take his time because you know, you know, like we said, there's no ten minute time limit here. Any time it takes, and Benoit's just going to be slowly doing it. Uh oh, Booker's up low, kicks Benoit, sends Benoit to the outside yet again. Booker saying, "Come on, bring it!" Great wrestling between it two. Booker T trying to call Benoit in, even pulling the ring ropes apart for him so he can get in. I mean, you know, both of these guys have got to be frustrated going into this match. So they have a, they've had two draws, and I think these two guys want to see who's the, who the winner is as much as we do. I think most definitely. I think this is the thing about it, and it's what Benoit does want to kind of be. Friends with Booker. It's about competition. It's about who's better. Benoit believes he's better than Booker. And Booker thinks he's better than Benoit. So there we go. We've got to think about it. And we've got a championship on the line. Which kind of adds more to it. Both of these young guys want to make the biggest impact possible. And with only a few spaces on the card. Now is their chance. You know. Because you could say the winner of this might carry on to the next pay-per-view. The loser might not even be featured. You know how many people are on the WWE roster. Yeah. It just might not happen. And Booker... At this moment in time, he's just got Benoit's arm. going to try and wear him down. Of course, you work on the arm. Then maybe the crippler crossface is a little bit weaker later on. So, um, just, just a quick statistic on the uh, TV championship. Because I know you like to fact me, but I'm going to fact you. Who was the first TV title champion? What year? 1974. Oh, fucking hell. Danny Miller. Oh, when I got and the last ever cha- champion? Oh! Oh, Jim Duggan. I would yes. never got that. Well, Benoit trying to fight out of that submission, but Booker, being the um, explosive veteran compared to Benoit, takes him down. Now he's got him back of the armbar, now both men to the feet. Irish whip by Booker, lowers his head, though. Might be a bit of a mistake with Benoit. And it is good. Benoit fires back with a kick, so now the suplex himself. Hangs Booker T up on the top rope. There's been some legends that have actually held this. I mean, you know, Ivan Koloff, Ric Flair, Paul Jones, uh, Mr. Wrestling. Greg Valentine, Ricky Steamboat. Well, has a problem with a championship, though, after a time, doesn't it? You know, like, yeah. say, it goes from... Masked, masked superstar even won it. Rowdy Piper, Adley that... Roy Brown, well, Mike it's... Rotundo. But any of the championships, really, for WCW go back a hell of a long way. Like you said, that one goes back to the 70s. And you know, the WCW title go back to, like, the early, 1904, whenever they yeah. try and backdate it, so... There's a lot Dusty of Rhodes. lot of legends. Someone's got a sign in the crowd, and it's got Booker T, and it's like one of those whiteboards, and it's got Benoit on it now. Come on, make your mind up. Well, anyway, back to the match, and Booker was in control, but Benoit has kind of um, managed to survive that storm, and has taken over himself, worked the arm of Booker, and now he's got T up, trying to suplex him, went for the dropkick, Booker managed to save himself on the ropes, Benoit dropped toehold low, takes Booker T down. And Benoit picking Booker up, takes him down. Benoit's going up, this might be over. Diving headbutt time. Oh! oh catches Booker T square in the heart. <laughs> He's got, we've got a new champion. If Benoit can go over the cover. One, two, oh. oh. No, Booker T's 
Foot was on the bottom right. Benoit goes for another cover, but Booker T manages to kick out. Uh, and Benoit's got to be frustrated. He's just given Booker T his best shot there, and Booker manages to get the shoulder up. Benoit going to try another one of those snap suplexes. Oh! Booker T reverses it, catches one of his own. And that was fantastic by Booker there. Drops Benoit down on his head. Both men struggling to get to the feet. And this has been, you talk about a um, back and forth match. Neither men really got the advantage. I could see this match over and over again. It's been so good. Booker using the ropes to get out. Benoit stalking behind him. Uh, can I just say that earlier on when I pointed out it was the Brahma ball on the back of that cameraman's t-shirt. It's not. It's actually the... Benoit knocks him down. Clothesline. Go for the cover. One, two. Oh. Ooh. Booker T managing to just kick out. <sighs> and the crippler looking to put away. The television champion now. Snap suplex. Game of the cover. Oh no. Booker T managing to get the shoulder up at two. Two. There's the thing. Benoit trying to press down on the shoulders on Booker. Didn't go to hook the leg. And Benoit might be a smidge. Frustrated now, but he's not going to let Booker T see that. Oh, backbreaker goes for the cover again. But again, Booker T managing to kick out. Uh, and I think he knows Booker's tired, so he's trying to, trying to get him to expend as much energy as possible. Then Booker, he's getting up again. He's getting more and more tired. I think Benoit realises that. And Booker tries to close that. Benoit blocks it. Now German suplex. Doesn't release, goes for a second. Hits it. And now after two, he's going to look for the hat-trick of Germans. Yeah. Yeah, he gets it, and Booker is out. Well, Booker's not moved, and some of the fans not happy. Some of the fans are. They want Benoit to, see, well, they want Benoit to win his first singles championship here at WSW. Suplex Irish whipped into the turnbuckle. Benoit now picks Booker up, sticks him on top. And, uh-oh. And slits the throat, signifying maybe a new television champion's on its way. Benoit Booker all the way to the top. Oh, hits him with a super German suplex. Folds Booker T in half. Benoit goes down holding the back of his head. There's got to be some concussion and a bit of brain damage going on there. Oh, Hopefully that don't affect him later on in his I'm life. I'm sure he'll be fine. He must have fallen there about 10 feet off the top rope with Booker T, you know. It must have been, yes, at least 15, 20 foot. And the impact hard down. Both men down. I wouldn't be surprised. His double count now. Thank goodness it's not a 10 minute time limit here. We've been over already. Benoit crawls into a cover. Two. Oh, but Booker T just managing to kick out. Ah, right at the last second. Second. And that might be the last act of desperation for Booker. He looks out on his feet. He's got a glazed over look in his eyes. And Benoit, though, struggling to get up himself. He's got the Irish whip. Booker reverses it, though. Picks him up. Spinebuster. Thunderous Spinebuster. Better than any other Spinebuster I've seen to this date. Well, Booker down and now... Uh, sorry, Benoit down. Can Booker take advantage of that? Maybe going up. He's put people away before with the missile drop kick. We've seen it with a Houston hangover. But he does like use the axe kick and scissor kick as well. Irish whip. Boom, momentum up. Oh, Benoit ducks it and Booker T catches him square on the forehead with a running flying elbow. And even a referee. Benoit's <laughs> head makes sure he's still conscious. And Booker picks up Benoit. Irish whip again. One man flapjack. Spinneroon is his way to his feet. And Booker T now signalling for the end. And a crowd get behind him as well, raising the roof. One might say this could be the book end. 
And now we're gonna go for this bicycle kick. Oh! I was looking for the axe kick. Inadvertently catches the referee. I don't know why the referee was in the way in the first place. Well, I think Benoit threw the referee into Booker, but that should have been a straight up disqualification. Booker caught in a crossface now, and of course, referee down. He can't see what's going on, and Booker T is tapping out. It looked like it was a tap out. He finally got the bottom rope. Benoit. Rightly thinks he's won. Slapping a referee across the face now, trying to make him recover. Well, I think Ben Marlowe's got only got himself to blame. He pushed the referee, I think, in the way there. Referee back up. Booker is... Oh! There's the axe kick. One, two, three. Oh. Booker T picks up the victory. Well, I think that was all he had in him, but it was kind of desperation there. Ben had the match won, we saw Booker tap out. Of course, referee bump, but Booker wins it. I think match, Dan. I thought it was a great match between these two guys. You know, I don't know if uh, Chris Benoit accidentally pulled the referee in front of him to try and take the full brunt of the axe kick, but it turned out to be his undoing. It was a brilliantly worked match between these two guys. You can tell this rivalry is definitely not over, and there's going to be a few more chapters, and I look forward to seeing... The rest of this rivalry, you know, it's it's one of these rivalries that's gone on for a little while, but I don't mind it. Yeah, we haven't seen the best of it yet, have we? You know, it, it's it's slowly building up. The chemistry's good, and even the ref bumps a little bit disappointed because we ain't got clean winner. But again, it opens it up for more stuff. And the official now, the officials out here taking the injury referee away. And let's have a look at it now. So he was going to go for the uh, scissor kick. Referee was the wrong side, and it was Ben what pushed him in away. So it was Benoit's undoing. Yeah, it was, yeah. So scissor kick Booker to the back of referee's head wasn't his fault because of disqualification. Here's a replay. Was Booker trying to reach the bottom rope or was it a tap out? Let's have a look. What do you reckon, Dan? Well, it doesn't matter anyway because the referee wasn't there. But it does look like, I don't know, it's... (laughs) I think it could be mistaken for both, really, Mm. because it looked like he was... Reaching for the rope, but it looks like he's tapping as well. And with Benoit with a cover there as well, was his hand maybe underneath the bottom rope? A lot of questions uh, to answer with the television title on the line. But Booker walks out of Spring Stampede tonight as champion. But for how long will he hold it? And I would say after three matches, and the, we, well, I mean, what are we into this pay-per-view now? We're like 50, 50 minutes, minutes in. in. And it's, it's been quite an enjoyable pay-per-view, hasn't it, you know? Yes, but the thing with... WCW pay-per-views is it's normally the main event matches and there's a few chucked in there that let us down and sorry to say it but British Bulldog with Jim Neidhart going against Kurt Hennig yeah this match doesn't appear yeah alright right. don't, don't focus on the negativity that's just about to come I'm talking about the first hour like we've just seen it's been first good first hour yeah it's been yeah. great <laughs> yeah it's been, it's been good so let's look at that and yes unfortunately up next it is Bulldog versus Hennig but I've enjoyed it so far. The Goldberg sat was a great way to start. Charvo Dragon, really enjoyable. Of course, Benoit Booker just then. But we will continue with match number four. So, yes, this next match might not be great. Kurt Henning coming out here now with Rick Rude. We've seen the Bulldogs entrance. But a couple of things here about this. So, the last uh, pay-per-view that we had for WCW was Henning versus Brett. Since then, Brett's kind of been involved, is not he? He's been saying, like... Um, He's gonna he's gonna stop kind of downs that we've seen with with Henning and the NWO, and of course he made his presence felt on the main event of Nitro last week, getting involved in Nash versus Sting. 
He's kind of moved away, so now Henning's got Bulldog. Uh, but again, it's it's a real WWF match, isn't it? It's like Mr. Perfect versus British Bulldog. I mean, Bulldog from, you would say, since the the British Bulldogs tag team, he's been in constant employment, hasn't he? You know, like through WCW, back WF, Steroid Trouble, WCW, WWF, Heart Foundation, and now eventually back to WCW. So at least he's getting a spot on the card. You know, I think personally... Do you think Bulldog's worth that many chances? I don't know, but I just think it's the diversity of him. If you get me, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, because he's British, it brings the British name, you know, it's, oh, yeah, you know, we've got someone we can follow, British Bulldogs here, yada, yada, yada. You know, it's 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 just the name fact of it, I yeah. think. It's, it's not really... Uh, Athleticism of well, him. a couple of things exactly that because you know when he was in WWE first time round he did the uh, the thing well the the event that you watched wasn't it you know Bulldog was there yeah. in England the whole reason he did the tour cool spin to Royal Albert Hall with Bulldog involved but JR said something quite uh, good he was talking about Bulldog and he's like there's only so many times you can repackage him and give him another chance until you have to actually create new stars and this is what we've seen WF doing at this moment and doing that whereas WWE still relying on the kind of Kurt Henning. And the Bulldog, even though they're not in the same shape, and it doesn't matter what the commentators tell me about, you can see with the knee brace on Henning, and you can see with Bulldog as well, and with Rude, and even Jim Neinhart, it looks like he's going to be handcuffed. So yeah, I was going to say, am I led to believe that Jim the Anvil Neinhart's going to get handcuffed to Ravishing Rick Rude? Yeah, it looks like it, but you wouldn't say any of these men are in fantastic shape, would you, you know, so... I would say that they're all past it. I mean, yeah. Rude doesn't wrestle anymore. Kurt Henning, I thought he was great back in his day. You know, now not so much. It's, I think it's more just the name of him. Again, you know, and again with British Bulldog, it's it's the name, Neidhart. He's part of the you know the the Hart family. But do you think WCW should have just gone through their their roster and just got rid of these names? Because this is the same that we saw TNA make the same mistake of as well. They had all the homegrown stars, and then they just got any WWF or WWE name. That was available. It just came to WWE slash, you know, TNA then. And I think they should have given an opportunity. We've seen already the first three matches that we had. There's so much talent there. And yet now this kind of... The match has not even started yet. They're still arguing about who handcuffs who here. But now we're finally going to see Rude and Jim handcuffed. And we've started the match. And the match has started, yes. And it's uh, Bulldog getting the upper hand. It's time to beat down here. We'll beat Bulldog. I still love the British Bulldog. Like I say, the... Uh, the greatest export we've ever had to the rest of the world, Bulldog. It's working on Henning's leg. Yeah, who's had a bigger impact then? Well, English. Yeah. <clears throat> well, what's he won? I mean, he's not really been overly successful. No, he's just in the kind of championship, European champion, tag team champion. Uh, success at WCW. Been around for about 10, 15 years as kind of the only British guy, really, to make it being the main event. I suppose in this time, yeah, he is, but... You know, I think there's a lot more talent out there, so to speak. Yeah, well, you, you talk about, you know, don't forget, Bulldog was. <laughs> uh, Bulldog was. <laughs> Bulldog was a great talent. I don't think anybody's really reached his success even now. You know, if you look at the British wrestlers, I think the only one that can do that, talk about British. Drew McIntyre. Is, of course, Drew McIntyre can become there. But even Bulldog, no, Bulldog is an icon. We talk about, uh, WWE likes to talk about icons and stuff like this. I would say Bulldog is. And I would argue Kurt Henning was the perfect kind of is as well. Because if you look at, like, Dolph Ziggler, he's kind of basing himself kind of off the look of Henning, you know? So that kind of free, free style kind of bumping 
this guy do it anymore because, like you say, his body's breaking down. And uh, it's the same with the Bulldog. And Bulldog's been in control the whole match so far. Been working on the leg, just the right hands. It ain't pretty, Dan, but it sure is effective. <laughs> Indeed, yes. And Bulldog looks like he's been through the mill already and he's been on the offence. <laughs> yes. Working a leg of Henning. Oh, Rude's trying to get in the ring. And he gets pulled off by Jim. And then he drags him out of the ring. <laughs> of course, they are connected by hand. And of course, uh, Henning and Rude like to handcuff people at the moment. We see them handcuffing wrestlers to the ropes, beating them down. So am I correct in saying that Jim the Anvil Neidhart's the only one that's alive? Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, including the referee as well. Yeah. And Jim's on his last fucking legs as well. Well, we talked about, I think, all Henning, Rude and Bulldog all died within like a year, a couple of years of each other. Yeah. Rude's That's first. Binge. Yeah, Rude's first. And then I think it's Bulldog and then Henning. Referee died of cancer. It looks like he's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Brian Hildebrand. Mick Foley talks about him in his first book. But anyway, back to the match and Bulldog working on the leg ending. People tell us sometimes the podcast goes down some dark alleys. But we like to bring it back to the light. Indeed, yes, and Bulldog's still working on that right leg of Hennig. You see it's got a extra strapping on it there. He's Well, he was walking down with a crutch a few weeks ago on Nitro. Yeah, and now he's getting rammed headfirst into the turnbuckles. He's getting a Jeff Hardy treatment. <laughs> <laughs> Hennig now down. And Bulldog saying, should I finish it? We talk about NWO t-shirts. A lot of sting masks in the house as well. And what is Bulldog going for here? Might be the sharpshooter. A shout out to the Hart family. And what's the ref? What's the cop doing? Jim's getting it's in Virgil. the face. Oh no! It's Vincent. Vincent in disguise, and as he's distracted Jim, the handcuff off. In your own time, Rick. Oh, no, not only is he getting handcuffs off, but he's handcuffing Nightheart to the ring post. And I don't think Nightheart realizes. Now he does, but he's still got hold of Vincent round the throat. And the match is still going on in ring. Bulldog's beating Henning down. Goes for the power slam and Rude grabs the leg. Referee gets distracted with all the shenanigans. Oh, and perfect throw first into the turnbuckle. And uh, that is it. Anvil Neidhart still got hold of Vincent round the throat. Oh. And now Rude in with a big knee to Bulldog. And that was awful. That was terrible. Now Rude, at least it was over quick. Rude now. Indeed, yes. Well, with the forearms. Well, referee, at least Jim's got a weapon in his hand. And another NWA beatdown after Brett promised we wouldn't see it anymore. We're seeing it. <laughs> We're seeing it in spades. Now Vince's got a nightstick. Pass it off to Road, who chokes out the bulldog with it. And oh. no Brett Hart to be seen. Oh, the NWA sending a message to the Hart Foundation. And that bell keeps ringing. That's really fucking annoying. Yeah, it is really annoying. And now Rude choking Jim. And this is what the NWA is all about. Well, so Henning wins the match. Beats down Bulldog afterwards. And look at Jim handcuffed. For life. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> Absolutely terrible. I mean, Brett's going around saying, yeah, there's going to be no more NWA beatdowns. And exactly what we got was an NWA beatdown. And it didn't even come out to try and avenge it. It wasn't even like they were complete strangers. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like it was the Parker and Psychosis, where it was. It's his fucking family. <laughs> like, Indeed. If, if you're going to do it for anybody, come on now. And Vincent going back to get his hat. Well, there we go, the NWO. And it doesn't even make the NWO look better, does it? Do you know what I mean? It doesn't make the NWO look strong. It just makes it look a bit stupid. It makes Nine Heart and Bull look like fucking idiots. Kind of the reason they got signed and, you know, 
because obviously Brett, Brett got screwed and then they come over here and get beaten up by the NWO. So instead of getting screwed by Vince, they're getting screwed by the <laughs> NWO yeah. instead. They're getting screwed by Vincent. Yeah, exactly. Bulldog out here. Out the ring now. Finally getting the uh, the handcuffs off Jim. Let's go and smoke some crack. <laughs> wait, wait, hey, Pat. But can it get any better after this? Well, it certainly can't get any worse. Yeah, it is going to improve. Good, yes. good, good. So here comes Prince Is I Ikea. And uh, he's going to be in action. <laughs> That's corrective text for you, isn't it? You write down Prince Ikea, it comes out, Prince is Ikea. Anyway, he's coming out here, and we've seen him in recent weeks, haven't we? We have, yes. We've seen, well, we've seen Jericho beating down Prince, and then uh, Ikea comes out to make the save, but Jericho's one one step ahead of Ikea. At this moment of time, he is. He's been mocking everybody. Of course, Ikea got trained by Dean Malenko. Jericho has, of course, been disrespecting everybody. He's been taking a little bit of something from everybody, hasn't he? We talked about Juve's mask, Malenko's career, of course, Mysterio, and uh, the kind of disrespect when he was injured him as well. And it looks like Jericho's going to talk, so please silence your cell phones and shut your damn mouths. That nice from Jericho, eh? Comes out here, dedicates the match to uh, Dean Malenko, his fallen comrade, and, of course, he's... Jericho's a man of a thousand and four holds now, you know. All the Jericho-holics were screaming for Chris. He had to tell him to calm down a little bit as he got out here. It's just, it's perfect heel work, really, isn't it, you know? It is brilliant, yeah. A- any any wrestler who wants to work being a heel, just see what Jericho's doing here. Just make him, you know, as unlikable as possible. And and Tony says the commentary, oh, he's just goofy. And it's good that he's got these, you know what I mean? We talk about wrestlers that have, and Jericho's managed to be goofy, but he's managed to be serious as well. And all aspects of it. And he wants to uh, teach Prince Ayaka a lesson. Who looks uh, ready for business here. Like he talked about. Former television champion. And that sign in the crowd has changed again. To Jericho's a wimp. So no, someone's... He's just gonna... Yeah, he's just going to wipe out. Write a new one soon. Here we well, go. That, that is a very intelligent. So he's bringing loads of pieces of paper. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. Thumbing through and trying to find one. It's <laughs> Write it down on the board. Hold it up. So here we go. Cruiserweight title on the line. Colour over type start. Ikea got him in the side headlock. Nice reversal by Chris Jericho. But Ikea's got the arm. Jericho rolls through, nips up, but gets caught with a short arm clothesline. And already we've seen better action than we did in the first 30 seconds of this. We yeah. did an entire of the Henning Bulldog match. But Ikea tights Jericho. Tikes? Ikea takes Jericho down. Now he's got him in the side headlock. Just so stretching what, away. So what are your thoughts on barefooted wrestlers? I'm not a huge fan of it. I know I, I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but I really don't like it. Because I, I wouldn't want to get kicked in the face with a, with a barefoot, you know what I mean? And that's what me off the UFC is when they fight barefooted as well. He's like, oh, I don't really want that. And it's dangerous, you know? That's why um, Rusev used to wear barefoot, used to have kind of barefoot with the tapes on. And he got injured when he, uh, I think, performed. So he had to put boots on. Of course, Margo used to have the tape feet as well. Yokozuna. It's usually quite the um, the bigger wrestlers. It's weird to see the smaller ones. I know Jimmy Snooker, I think, uh, wrestled barefoot. But, of course, he murdered his uh, wife, didn't he? So, there we go. It says a lot for wrestlers in bare feet. I'm surprised Benoit didn't have bare feet when he came wrestling. But, <laughs> to this one. And, uh, <laughs> I'm not a massive fan of Prince IK. I never really got him. You know, it's like I say, the personality. I don't really understand. He's a prince. Okay, that's great. But what's there to like about him, you know? Yeah, he doesn't seem as over. I mean, Jericho gets more of a response being a heel. Yeah, most definitely. I think Jericho, this is looking to be a successful title defence. So let's the prick out. Well, he pulls a drop kick out of the bag there as Jericho is starting to get some offence in. 
side headlock takedown. I feel like about Jericho as well. He's always different trunks that he's got, isn't it? You know, these are the kind of yellow ones. I don't think he's ever worn. I've never seen that recent times. You know, <laughs> like. <laughs> oh, and Jericho skinning the cat. Oh. He gets caught with a drop kick and sent to the outside anyway. But I think if he was going over a. If he was going against a really facey face, then, you know, a really over face, then I think it would kind of cancel each other out. There's the thing with Jericho, they're slowly building him up, aren't they? They're making him like it's all about the face of the yeah. cruiserweight division. Prince Arcaio, impressive there, off the uh, apron with a kind of cannonball it was on Jericho, throws him back in. Jericho trying to escape, but another headlock takedown into a side headlock. And the thing I like about Jericho as well is that he'll do anything. He'll walk away, he'll get a count out, disqualification, as long as he, he keeps his championship. And I think he's been a great cruiserweight champion. And I like the fact they're kind of building up this thing with Malenko as well. You know, Malenko walks away, and Jericho's saying you're a loser. You've got the built-in thing with Mysterio when he finally returns from injury. So uh, it's, it's quite clever, you know. I think Jericho would be... I'm not happy in this position on the card, but you want to see progress as we go out through 98. You know, like we talked about Goldberg with Jericho as well. See if you could really cull it. Oh, truck toehold there. Hangs uh, RKR up on the second rope. Just shouting to anyone that's going to listen. Blowing everyone kisses and just getting the typical heel response as he kicks Prince to the chest. Now Prince struggling to get up. Jericho's got him. How's him up? Oh, a bit of a delayed suplex there. Lovely by Jericho. Yeah, Jericho showing his power. <laughs> and it's just his cocky, arrogant pose there. Foot across the chest. But Prince kicks out. Uh. Jericho's still a wimp. And Jericho's saying, look, I'm, I'm taking my time. Kick to the back. <laughs> He's just putting the boots to Arca. Shouting out the crowd as well, saying, do you know how good I am? Stupid idiot. Well, the crowd's gone a little bit quiet, haven't they? But it's going to be a long night. Snapmare. And then the rear chin lock. Jericho's perched on the top rope. Kissing to the fans. Oh, but gets caught by Arcaire as he lifts the feet up as Jericho was on his way down. Well, he took too long. He slammed down Arcaire. And then he was mocking like on a way he walked. And now he's been caught by it. Arcaire's back to his feet, making a comeback. Irish whip. Oh! Is that a version of a Samoan drop? As Arcaio springboards his way in, hits a palancha. Oh, but Jericho managing to kick out. Uh. Jericho got too overconfident there. Arcaio's trying to get back into this. Goes onto Jericho's shoulders. Rolls him up. Jericho like, managing to reverse it into the line tamer. Now he's got the walls of Jericho in. And Jericho thinks that Arcaio tapped out. He didn't. He made the bottom rope. Jericho realising now, going back to the chops in the corner, but Arcaio versus the Irish whip. It runs into Jericho's feet. Jericho with a sunset flip, though, but gets rolled up by Arcaio. But, oh, Jericho just managing to kick out. Oh. Oh, Prince knocks Jericho down. They're going all the way up. But gets caught on his way up, gets a slap from Jericho, who's now perched in position for a superplex. Oh, this could be bad for Prince, but Prince trying to fight it. Uh-oh. Oh, oh, oh. Jericho going to the outside. Looks like he's tweaked his right knee. Okay, managing to get off a bit lighter. Landed on the apron, but again, falling to the wafer thin mats below. Well, I'm glad you asked, James. They are mere millimetres thick. Both men there. But off the top right, like I said, okay, hitting the apron on the way down. Jericho must have fallen about 10 feet 
15 feet all the way down to those wafer-thin mats. And, Dan, how far did he fall and how thin are those mats? Well, he must have fallen at least 25, 30 feet and then mats are just bare millimetres thick. And now both men trying to get in. Jericho's in a fight now and I think he realises it. Both men exchanging the A&A punches. Norman Reeves catching him. Jericho rolling through, catching the legs. He's going to try and get the lion tamer in for the second time. But Prince has uh, got to vote Swanson. Counts it a second time. Rolls up Jericho. Oh! Jericho just managing to get his shoulder up at two. Two. Jericho, I think, realises just how close he was. Oh, but catches him. Oh, Oh. Jericho maybe trying DDT. Got caught in a northern light suplex. Oh. Just manages to get his arm uh, <coughs> just manages to get his arm to the bottom to break the count. Well he knew he couldn't get his shoulder up there, so that desperation. Good that the referee noticed that. Both men have come close. And I care now rocking Jericho with those right hands. Another Irish whip. Oh no. Little sexy the midget killer, cool. And then Jericho with a strikes to the back of Ikea's head. Big sexy the giant killer. Oh yeah. And putting him up on the top rope, but Prince fights him off. Oh, sunset flip by Arkea there from the top right. That was absolutely beautiful, but gets caught. Now he's got the Lion Tamer cinched in deep. And now Arkea's got all the referee, but he has to tap out. <coughs> and Jericho there made Arkea look good, didn't he? And uh, it was a tougher challenge than I thought. I mean, it's quite a good match. What are your thoughts? It was a great match, yeah, between these two guys. I'm not sure what... Okay, brings to the party, though. He's, he didn't do anything outstanding. It impressed me. I think it was all about Jericho. Yeah, you could have really put anybody in that position there. And I think Jericho coming close, you know, the cockiness at the start, being in complete control. And then, like I said, with the comeback and thinking, shit, I'm in a little bit of trouble now how close he was. But again, a clean victory. And we talk about this, don't we? Like the NWO and, and other things even nowadays. You don't need interference. Like that kind of victory there kind of builds in, you know? So... This is the kind of thing that we want to see. Jericho with a lion tamer always holds it on a little bit longer. And we talk about little tokens that he takes from opponents. And he's taken uh, Prince Arkea's, was it Sarong? Yeah. And what's the wrong with that? Jericho won the match, so he takes that from Arkea. Backstage with WWE versus WWWrestling.com. Look at the laptops they've got. I know. <laughs> Chunky. So is Raven, the US champion. Like we said, it'll be an actual late with DDP. Uh-oh. Yes, James, that uh-oh <laughs> only means one thing, and it is the dreaded NWO. Oh, NWO. And it's the biggest bloody posers of the lot. Buff coming out here with uh, Scott Steiner, big popper pump. And we are actually going to have a bit of... Uh, uh, rivalry between Scott Steiner and Rick Steiner, of course, turned on him, what, two months ago, and we're finally going to see it. But I think Buff's complaining he's got an injury. Well, I don't believe it. I don't like... Well, I mean, what, what do you think of Buff and Scott and uh, all this kind of posing, Dan? I mean, I know we have a go at the NWO a lot, but is there anything... I think they're idiots. Yeah, it's nothing But then to we've got saying. fucking Lex Luger also in this match, who also likes to fucking pose. And then we've got the Barker. JJ didn't send on Thunder. Anybody that hasn't got a doctor's release, aka Macho Man, won't be able to wrestle. And Buff saying, could he hurt his hand? He hasn't got a doctor's release. He can't wrestle. But I've just seen Mean Gene and JJ Dillon walk into the ring. Maybe Scott wants his counsel because he doesn't want to fight his brother Rick. Is he running scared? 
Oh, so because of the macho situation. Good way from. Uh, they've flown in a doctor, especially for him, but because Buff's injured, now he could be checked on to see if uh, he will be medically cleared. And, and lo and behold, the weird-looking doctor is at ringside. But he's a not- he's, he's orthopedic. Well, the doctor was checking on it, and as Buff, well, as JJ says something to Buff, Buff grabbed him with the bad hand. So, as obviously, he can wrestle, and so the match is going to happen now. And here comes Lex Luger, Rick Steiner, and Ted DiBiase. It's time for a fight. Hopefully this is over before it causes any trouble. And Luger's flexing, but Rick's ready for action, going right after his brother. But Buff stops him. Oh, Luger catches Scott on the outside with a clothesline. But Buff's working ring. Oh, Scott's starting to send it into Barricade. And now Buff, uh, arm, I think, and the hand is working fine. He's beating down Rick. It's a miracle, A miracle. He's a Lazarus pit. He is shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And Buff going the Irish whip. Oh, Rick Steiner turns out to a power slam, and that was impressive. I said Rick well, got from behind, taking down his brother. I said Rick don't impress me much, but that was good. And now Scott, always a sneak attack. Do you know something interesting about that as well? Scott Steiner's not hit Rick Steiner unless his back's been turned since his split. And that just shows you what a coward Scott Steiner is. Doesn't want to face his brother Rick. But now he does, he's beat. Here comes Scott and Buff. I mean, you could have a pose off just Rick Steiner. Just be there. <laughs> well, Rick Steiner, <coughs> Scott Steiner, Buff and Lex, they could just stand in the ring flexing. Yeah. Scott trying an Irish whip. <laughs> didn't, didn't work as well. And now choking Rick out on that second rope. Got the largest arms in the world, Jack. Tags in Buff. Now Buff's in an easy control, slamming down Rick, complaining about the hand. Commentators make a good point about Scott Steiner picking his spot and if anybody knows about tag team wrestling it's Scott as well so teaching Buff everything to do in this match cutting off the ring Buff holding Rick oh as he boots him in the midsection Lex Luger tries making his way in the ring gets cut off by the ref and Scott then just raking the eyes of Rick oh scoop slam drops the elbow onto the throat of his brother goes for the cover but Rick managing to get the shoulder up at two two Scott tags in Buff Lex Luger's nothing more than a spectator for the moment. Mm. Put their names together, it would be Scoff or Butt, wouldn't it? Rick taken down. How many times have we seen a snapmare into a uh, <laughs> in lock? We've seen it to its death. Rick's struggling to get Lynn. <clears throat> the fans want Luger. I don't. <laughs> Dan does not. I'm open to it. I'm open to to Lex Luger. He's probably been the most... Oh, look at Buff getting in Nick Patrick's face. You spitty evil NWO referee. But quick tags between Buff and Scott. Throws him in the turnbuckle. Snapmare into the side. No, not yet. Irish rip in the corner. Reversal by Rick, but runs into Buff's boot. Runs into it a second time. And then it was a kind of... I don't know what it was. Backdrop or kind of power slam move. Lex Luger makes his way into the ring, thus distracting the referee, allowing Rick uh, Scott to get into his brother. Oh, but Rick fights him off, and how can he get in Luger? Yes! Finally gets the tag into Luger, who runs through Scott, runs through Buff, eliminates Scott from the rumble. Close lines, Buff. And Luger is on fire, baby! Forearm to Buff! Now he's signalling for the torture rack. He's flexing! He's flexing! 
Got buffer. But Scott Steiner's stopping it. Scott Steiner's got hold of Luger. Oh. Like Buffer's going to come running, but Rick stops it. And oh, now, now it's face to face, and Scott don't want none of Rick, and he's running all the way down the <laughs> aisle. <coughs> I've never seen him run so fast in my life. <laughs> no, I've never seen him anything so fast like that in my life. You know what, any of his brother, now it's Buff and Luger. Buff slams Lex. Gonna go for the Buff Blockbuster. Rick up to push him off as uh, Ted DiBiase was distracting the ref. And now it's the NWO getting undone by their dastardly tactics because uh, Buff's up in the torture rack. And Buff <coughs> and Buff has to say he quits Luger and Rick get the win. I don't think it's too bad again there. What were your thoughts? No, it was rather harmless. Got terrible, if you know what I mean. Mm. Rick and Luger. He had Scott being the dastardly coward running away. Leaving Buff to fend for himself. I wonder how that's going to go down with the NWI. Well, exactly. We'll see what happens there. But, I mean, Luger looking really, really good. Coming in with a hot tag and getting a victory there. He looked like a real kind of uh, star in this one. Used right. And, again, Rick and Scott, yeah, that, sto- that storyline continues. Very interesting. But now we see uh, Mean Gene Oakland, and he's going to tell us some very important information. It's If you can ring the hotline. We've still got time in this pay-per-view. To get a hotline. Mean Gene looks a bit... Uh, I mean, his hair's not that well-kept. Maybe he's been drinking heavily. He should be over to the left a little bit, so it looks like he's wearing some horns. <laughs> but, of course, don't forget, it's one nine hundred nine 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 ninety nine one hundred 999 9919 to the number. And it only costs $1.69 a minute. Kids, come here. Now, get your parents' permission. So we've... Yeah, you know, hotline number. Still got a lot of time left. So our next match is going to be, oh my God, a special bonus match that we're going to have. Yes, La Parker. And we've seen on Nitro, didn't we? Um, psychosis, was it low-blowing La Parker? And then La Parker hitting him with a steel chair out of a bit of revenge. So we're going to get this match here. But again, it's nice to see different styles on show. And I'm, I'm going a fan of the chairman of WCW, La Parker, a little bit. What I've seen of him is always a laugh. What do you think of the setting? We were just talked about. It. I quite like it. The barn set, the barn doors. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's quite a feature of a set. You know, they're in uh, Denver, Colorado, so um, you know it's kind of a a cowboy type land. So they've gone for that setting on the entrance. Yep. It doesn't follow it to the ring, but no, we, we, we might want to see that. But you got the uh, the big logo in the middle of the ring because, like I say, Spring Stampede as Psychosis makes his way out. Again, it's like you don't see. I mean, how many like talked about? How many cruiserweight matches have we seen tonight? Or how many talents like this? You know, it's got to be the third one. And look at the Parker dancing away, <laughs> and then spitting in the face of psychosis. I think that's just psyching him up, though. Psyching up psychosis. Yeah, you're right. The Parker over a huge chop. This should be a very lucha libre type match. He even takes off his glove to deliver a more defined chop. You see the spit coming out of Psychosis' mouth there. I didn't know he was white. <laughs> Maybe it's just his hand is white. Now the Parker's got him. Oh no, Psychosis dodged that. Oh, and Psychosis hitting a slap of his own. Oh, and the Parker throws Psychosis the eighth, and Psychosis holds on though. Blocks the Parker strike, sends him into the top turnbuckle. Hesses is his way over the top rope and takes down the Parker. Now he's into the corner. Psychosis comes running in, but the Parker drops him on that top rope. 
Oh, and Psychosis comes off, heads as a takedown again, sends Leparka out of the ring. And that was lovely timing then on that head scissors get Leparka down. He's rolled to the outside and he's safe, he thinks. Oh, Psychosis <laughs> flying over the top rope, taking out Leparka. Oh, Psychosis is going to try a second time now, but Leparka scouted it. Oh, he's coming out of a baseball slide and then Psychosis kind of slid his way back into, uh, Leparka slid his way back into the ring. Psychosis was stepping in between the top and second rope, and Leparka kicks the second rope, crutches Psychosis. Now suplexes him in the ring, but a backslide from Psychosis. Nice back elbows by Leparka, blocking it. Dodging Psychosis' offense there. Gets caught with a knee, though. <laughs> and then Leparka closes on, going for the cover, but only a one. One. you got to think Leparka's a bit more bulky, isn't he? You don't see that kind of many heavy set <laughs> cruiser, but... He's definitely got some timber to him. Even though that was quite nice. Yeah, as he sends uh, Psychosis to the outside. Springboard moonsault there. Split leg moonsault there. That's the third time we've seen one and only the second successful one. <laughs> yeah, Saturday must be thinking, oh shit. But as Meatloaf said, two out of three ain't bad. And the Parker coming down with all his body weight on Psychosis. And he's got a play with him at some points in this match. Throws him back in now. He's not dancing as much as he was at the beginning of this match, though. That's true. Psychosis managed to kick out. Uh-huh. <coughs> Snap suplex there. Goes into the cover. One, two. Oh, no. Only a two count. Two. I think Leparka likes the fact that Psychosis keeps getting out. He's going to go, I'm going to use his chair in a minute. What I'm going to do, I'm going to wait. And then chair him. Irish rip to the corner. Psychosis. Psychosis gets the feet up, though. Leparka runs into him. Oh, and he gets thrown into that top turnbuckle. Psychosis lifts him up now to the top, and the Parker fights it. Oh, oh, sends him to the apron on the outside and slaps him off of it. Nice kick, and now he's can rope. Psychosis off on the apron again. Catches the Parker's leg, oh. crutches him on the top rope. And now that, my friend, is going to leave a mark. Psychosis in a bit of trouble. Uh, sorry, the Parker in the trouble now. Oh, he makes his way to the top rope. Springboard's over to the other side. Sits him down. Oh, Ron is off the top. Going for the cover, but the Parker managing to kick out. Oh. He just had the lateral press on, didn't hook the leg. Oh. Sends the Parker to the outside. Now Psychosis is going to try and go to the top again. Another high risk, high reward. Fucking hell. Corkscrew Moonsault hits its mark. I mean, that was full on. He's all about hitting the mark. <laughs> I guess him and the Parker are no longer friends. Psychosis throws him in. He's really impressive in this match. Now I'm look at end it again. I have to end it again. We can't end it the first time. To the top. Oh. He's looking for a big splash, but the Parker was out of the way. Goes for a cover on Psychosis, but pulls his head up before Charles Robinson can make the free count. So he might want to hurt him, but that might be a mistake. But the Parker's got psychosis now. Oh, such force on that Alabama slam. The Parker knows it. Going for the cover again. Two. But pulls psychosis up for a second time before Robinson gets to the three. And the Parker sets him up. It's a powerbomb time. Oh. No, psychosis rolls through. Gets. Oh, no. Only two. And the Parker nearly caught out then, like we saw with Jericho earlier. 
the park on the second rope. Talking at the crowd while we're looking at psychosis. Oh! Oh, gets his feet drop kicked. Now he's hung up on the second rope. Oh, what's psychosis looking for now? Going up. He likes using the guillotine leg drop. Oh. Hits it. Goes for the cover. One, One two, two, three. It's a victory for psychosis. Oh, very nice there. And I think quite a, if you're going to class it as a filler match, I don't think too bad, you know? No. Nah. Especially what it was filling. <laughs> yeah, but what do you think of the match? No, I thought it was uh, it was a bloody really well worked match between these. So uh, both these wrestlers have got some great talent. You know, you can uh, you can certainly see why they're around. Yeah, and again, another good match. I feel on the pay view. I don't think pay view's been quite good. I mean, there's been a couple of a low spots, but a couple of moves in that match. I mean, that suicide dive over the top. Right, we saw of psychosis, pretty incredible. It's the same with that corkscrew, corkscrew that you hit. Then the gu- yeah. guillotine leg drop off the top. Gets a victory, and Charles Robson get to work out here tonight. Well, no, apart from the uh, Henning Bulldog match, I think all these other matches have actually been quite good. Even the tag team match, because of the way it went, it was, you know, it told a good story, and it was over before it done any uh, damage, really. Yeah, I think the same for the Bulldog Henning match but it was just a bit with the handcuffs before and a bit with the handcuffs after i think went on for too long and the commentators now telling us because uh my reckoning we've still got three three big matches left and no james it's not a judy bagwell on a pole match it is a baseball bat on a pole match yeah i can't i mean this is one of the matches you've been really looking forward to isn't it you know baseball <laughs> on a pole it's one of our favorite matches on a pole matches but it's a baseball bat on a pole match but who's normally the one that comes down with a baseball bat? Sting. Why is Sting not in the match then? Well, because A, it's WCW, and B, Kevin Nash break a baseball bat across the Giants' back at the last pay-per-view, so maybe they're trying to use bats like that, but I think anything on a pole match is not great. So it's going to be the Piper and Giant versus Hogan and Nash. But, of course, the main story is not just about the match. It's about all the build-up leading up to it and the problems between Nash and Hogan inside the NWO, and that's kind of what everybody's focusing on. Um, I mean, what would you be, <laughs> what would you be more interested in, the kind of Nash Hogan storyline or the storyline with the four men at the moment? It'd be the Nash Hogan, you know, the uh, implosion. It's two of the original members of the NWO, and there seems to be some sort of uh, implosion happening in NWO. Will it get sorted out? Will it come to light tonight? Well, this is the thing. These are the questions that we asked. And let's see if they're going to get answered. Of course, we've still got the US title and the World Headweight title on the line. So, uh, you know, this pay not doing too bad. Depends how good the uh, next three are, you know, as, as we look to rate it. And as we're talking, the complex still talking. Of course, Mike Delay, Tony Schiavone and Bobby Heenan. For life. So we've just seen big sexy giant killer Kevin Ash come out here and he stared at the bat. And now it's Hogan coming out here to, I think, a bigger reception than what Kevin Nash had. No Bischoff loan. He's had problems with Kevin Nash. I mean, it's all about Hulk Hogan. That is one thing we've noticed. I'm surprised this is not the main event match scene as it has all been about Hollywood. He's out here to team up with Kevin Nash. Look at that guy just off of Conan. What a fucking arsehole he is. Another guy screaming. Look, it's John Cena hat. Wow. Yeah, one thing I want to say, one thing I noticed is the WCW slash NWO, the kind of logo that like we've seen. We talked about the kind of scratch logo, WWF, WCW. But have they taken a step backwards rather than just being WCW? 
igniting the NWO as part of it, you know, especially when the angle's nearly two years old now. Do you think that's a good idea, or do you think it's a bit like, no? Nah. <laughs> well, you know, I think it, it's good for uh, a feature, you know, because like you had the In Your House DX, which was just one event, not every single event. So, you know, it's good for a feature, but not good for everything. Yeah, well, that's what they're calling it at the moment. So it's WWE, NWA, Spring Stampede. Of course, the scores at the moment, if you're counting, Kurt Henning beat, of course, British Bulldogs to make the NWA 1-0 up. Had a couple of matches ago, Luger and Rick Steiner winning it. So it's one a point each. So this is the decider, unless we count Macho's part of the NWA, but we'll see what happens there. From Glasgow, Scotland, here comes the rowdy one. I mean, Rowdy, Roddy Piper and the Giant, interesting team, aren't they, really? Yes, interest is certainly uh, a word that you could use to describe it. Because the Rowdy one's never really uh, been, uh, been had many friends in the business, but the Giant's here. And it's incredible to think 20 years ago, the big show, of course, was uh, a part of this is to getting teamed up with Rowdy, Roddy Piper. That was him trying to learn it, you know? Let's not forget again... Giant's only been wrestling about three years, so he came in, won the world title in his first match. So he's been around big time, you know, and it's like he's not getting paid, even though he's involved in the same matches, the same money as Nash and Hogan was, which you could argue is uh, a good argument. But he's in this one, so let's see if he uh, impresses here. Of course, is the youngest in this match by a country mile, and he still looks in good shape as well, doesn't he, the Giant? He looks in very good shape, yeah. I'm not sure... Uh... He really does look funny with long hair. <laughs> no, I like I like the, <coughs> I like the long hair though. But the thing I don't like is where he went to the NWA and then, you know. Uh he shouldn't really have been a part of that, it should have been different. I think Piper looks in quite good shape to give you know, credit to him. Hogan's saying to John, you better watch your ass, I've got no problems with Nash. Will we see problems here tonight? Yes. <laughs> My prediction is we will. Oh, and Piper going for the bat straight away. As Hogan and Nash are way up for him to get to. I think it's either going to be Giant or the Nash is going to probably have the best chance of getting the baseball bat on said pole. Well, I think Giant can reach the baseball bat from the ground anyway. And Hogan's up as Piper's got hold of that pole. And he's rocking back and forth in it. And both men's now hands grinding up and down this massive pole. Easy there, Tiger. Piper, what? What? Piper's stuck. Get shots to the head. I don't think I've ever been impressed really by a... Hogan Piper technical, technically but still oh Hogan's got Piper in a tree of woe kicking him in the midsection Hollywood having his way and he tags in Kevin Nash and no trouble at the moment for the NWO like I said the two original members no one knows where Scott Hall is who's one half of the tag team champions the giant killer here of course dropped the giant on his head in January and Piper's still trying to go there trying to knock off the bat maybe it's not, if you get the bat, you're not the winner. It's the first one to get the bat. You can use it. And now look at Nash showing his strength, dragging Piper across to Hogan. Hogan, the right hand. Hogan gets the tag in. <coughs> Are you surprised there's not been any problems yet between Nash and Hogan? Well, it is early days so far in this match. And, uh, you know, they might just stick together, beat a common enemy. Well, don't forget, Dan, the NWO is not just for six months. It's not for a year. Do you know how long it's for? For life. For life. For life. And look at Piper fighting out the corner. Big lefts and rights and a lovely <laughs> poke to the eye. I do like the way Piper does his pokes to the eyes. Oh, and in right hand to Nash as well. 
And Giant with a head back to Hogan. Piper doesn't want to tag the Giant. He just wants to hurt Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> and Piper snatching that, that bandana off Hogan's head and it looks like he was plucking Hogan's chicken. <laughs> and now Piper headbutt to Hollywood. He even rocks himself with that headbutt. He was so devastating. Well, now you got the two giants in the corner and Piper Hogan struggling to get to their feet. Both looking for the tag. Can Hollywood get to Nash? No, he gets the belt off. Starts whipping Piper. Well, he doesn't need a baseball bat. He's got his own weapon. And he's wrapped that weapon round Piper's neck and he's choking him out. And look at Hollywood just saying, a giant, you want to tag in your cup? Beating up your mate. Yeah, Piper just passed the belt back to Hogan to <laughs> yeah, get whipped so. by it some more. Well, he got whipped some more and then Hogan going up, but uh-oh. Piper's managed to tag the giant in. <laughs> And he's, and he's got, exposing oh. the Hollywood ass. Oh, no one wants to see that. That's nasty. And the giant whipping his ass. Well, Hogan's got some serious tan lines. <laughs> sure that's not the main focus in this match <laughs> no. so far, but... But the giant in, and now he's got Hollywood. He's got him <laughs> over his knee, and he's spanking him. <laughs> Nash comes in. Oh, Piper got the belt, though. Gets caught by Nash, thumb to the eye, and whips across the back for Nash. And Piper the Giant looking strong at the moment. <laughs> and Piper chasing the referee out of the ring. He's psyched up and ready to go. Well, the crowd definitely into this. And Piper and Giant look good. <laughs> look at Hogan. Hogan. Piper's still going to whip Hogan. But Nash's not coming in to help Hollywood yet. He's is about to Irish whip him and then takes it, clotheslines him with the belt. I guess there's no disqualification in this one. I mean, it's about the pole match, Dan, you know? It is indeed, yes. And uh, the Giants looking for a tag in. Oh, but gets caught with a low blow. Well, Piper gets caught with a low blow from Hogan. That stops him in his tracks. And he's down and it gives Hollywood a chance to tag in Nash. But Nash, not, oh, I was going to say Nash wasn't extending his <laughs> does. But it didn't look like he was happy doing it, though, did he? Doddy. And now, <laughs> and now Nash in. Piper looking to crawl towards the bat, but doesn't realise Nash is behind him. He does now. And Nash is saying, tagging Giant. No. Well, Nash thinks he can beat the Giant. The Giant wants to, he said, chokeslam him from the sky. And Piper saying to the fans, is this what you want? That was a psyched up tag to the giant who steps over the top rope to meet Nash face to face. Well, Nash is smirking. No, James, he hasn't got a cigarette in his gob. He's just got a grin on his face. Well, here we go. Battle of the Giants. Who's going to come out on top? <laughs> well, Nash pushes Giants face. But I think that was a mistake. Well, they're saying that the Giants weighing in at 501 pounds. That's bigger than two cruiserweights yeah that is pretty incredible when you think about that now the Giants got Nash and basically splashed him in the corner oh and a big slap across the chest well that is going to do some serious damage Irish rip across oh. towards him but Nash with a foot up into Giants face well don't forget we don't know if Giant is fully recovered from the neck injury sustained you know it was only in January so it's only been three months even though he said he's clear to come back but 
Yeah, as we've seen in the past with wrestling, you can't just get dropped on your neck and expect to get up and make a quick recovery. And now Nash backing Giant up into the corner. There's a more serious side of Nash coming out here tonight, isn't there? Rather than the kind of uh, jokey around we see sometimes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that type. Maybe he's serious. Maybe he thinks he is better than Giant. Just wants to send a message. Maybe show that he's a true leader of the NWO. Oh, what's up, love? Piper in referee say no. Come on. And Hogan on the apron there, choking out the Giant. And it's the NWO, but really, it's not Nash doing anything. It's Hogan <laughs> taking advantage of Piper fucking around. Now Nash zoning in. Clotheslines the Giant. And there seems to be no troubles within the NWO thus far. No, not at all. And Nash taunting away. Uh-oh. But the Giant's back up to his feet. Nash has only just realised. Giant saying Nash is going to take more. Down, hey! And both men delivering big boots <laughs> to each other. Who's going to be the first to recover? You know, it's, like, it's not been that bad a match, really, is it? You know? It's not been terrible. It's not, it's not been awful, no. I'm not I'm not saying I'm enjoying it, but that was all right. And now Piper and Hogan, who's it going to be? I'm saying you're enjoying it. You're not saying it, but I am. You're enjoying it. All right, I'm enjoying it. And Hogan's going to tag, so is Piper. Both men in the wrong part of town. Well, finally, Turbo Lucas talk about the 500-pound weight. Giant has to move around. Piper saying, don't count him out. And the rowdy one in, but so is Hollywood. Both men exchanging blows in the middle of the ring. It's like WrestleMania one all over again. They're both men doing it. Here we go. Piper getting a better hold. Ryan's at a big right hand. Clocks Hogan with it. Now Piper, Irish ripping Hollywood. Massive clothesline there. And that was maybe a mistake by Piper, wasn't it? He grabbed out of Ho- Hollywood and Hollywood made a push him back. Cool now. And Hollywood spits at the giant trying to get him in. <clears throat> Maybe he thought Nash was going to do a number on Piper, but gave Piper a chance to recover. Yeah, Nash didn't even uh, didn't even assist Hogan there. Nine punches and a poke to the eye. <laughs> that is the rowdy one. And he's got Hollywood in trouble. Kick to the face. Another clothesline and Hollywood's in trouble. Uh-oh. Nash in from behind, but gets caught with a low blow. Piper... Wow, he's holding his own in there against these two. Well, the Giant came in to help, but realised he didn't need to help Piper. Headbutt, nah. <laughs> headbutt to Hollywood. Now the Giant aiming for Nash. Oh, <laughs> very athletic <laughs> drop kick there, sending Nash to the outside. You know, Sleeper on Hogan. Uh-oh, now it's over. But Hollywood gets to the ropes. And Piper said, well, I don't really need that because I want the bat. And Piper going up to get it. Giant behind him. What's he looking to do? I think the giant follow him up. Make sure he gets it. Wouldn't it be funny if giant just picks up Piper? Oh, giant now all the way up. Pushing Piper up. He's, Piper's got the bat. But oh. Nash has got the giant. But Piper's on his way down, but Ho- Hollywood meets him there. Grabs the bat out of his hand, throws it to the mat. Thanks for that. <laughs> And now both men just beating down on Piper. Oh, no. It's the disciple with his own baseball bat. And the security's out. He's like, come on now, guys. Oh, he gives it to Hollywood. But that, can you use the bat as allowed? Oh, no, he's trying to hide it from the referee. 
Well, he's just hit the giant on the back with a bat. Well, should be able to now. Nash holding Piper with a baseball bat. Oh, looking to hit him in the hip. Piper moved out of the way. Hogan hit Nash. And now Piper's got the baseball bat. Oh, shots to the gut, shot to the throat. Hogan ducked the second one. Gets hit on the... Oh, Nash was down. Gets taken out again with a baseball bat. And Hollywood saying, no, please don't. Getting chased. Giant is out. And now Piper's going to use it at Hollywood. And Disciple grabs the bat from Piper. Hollywood's got the baseball bat now. The original one. To the back of Piper. Two, three. And Hollywood gets the victory. The referee looking to raise Nash's hand, but Nash looks a bit pissed off. Well, Hollywood just hit him with a baseball bat. Maybe he thinks he's done it on purpose. Straps are coming down. Hogan's like, look, it was an accident. I was going for Piper. I promise, I swear to God, brother. Yeah, come on now. It's for life. And the Giants slowly getting up at Hollywood and saying, come on, do him. Not do him, jackknife him. You want to see the jackknife? Oh! And Hogan hits Nash over the back as he was preparing to jackknife the giant. The giant up. Raises his hands and Hogan scuppers. The giant breaks the baseball bat over his knee. So, so let's get this right. Hogan gets a victory over Rowdy Roddy Piper and then leaves Kevin Nash absolute laying down. So, does that signify problems within the NWO or not? I, I think that second time he hit Nash, it, it was another accident. <laughs> you think, you think, what, what, do you, what do you think happened then? Well, I think um, sweating his eyes. Yeah. And he thought it was the giant. Yeah, well, I, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, we're going to obviously hear from this uh, on Nitro. But I don't think it's a bad match. I think it's let down by, again, another awful finish. You know, as soon as we saw the Disciple come out... It, we kind of knew it was going to end shenanigans. And, yeah. You know, the giant looked all right, and it was Piper that was pinned. But still, I think disappointing, the NWO 2-1 up. Um, but, but there was parts in it that were enjoyable. Dan, what do you think? Again, it wasn't terrible. I think the storytelling was very good. You know, Nash wanting some of the giant, them two going at it. And then, you know, I think the... Uh, the NWO, their cracks have finally shown and they've been exposed for what they are. And, yeah, I'd look forward to seeing the next Nitro, put yeah. it that way. And that's what we're going to do on our next podcast where we'll watch two Nitros and two Raws wrapping up April in 1998. But, yeah, again, disappointing finish, but I don't think it's been a bad pay-per-view so far. We've still got two matches two. next. And up next it is the... Uh, US titles. Well, I've been really looking forward to see how personal the rivalry is. Raven and DDP. So, Diamond Dallas Page are ready to defend his US championship. Like, he doesn't hold around his waist because Raven stole it just a couple of weeks ago. And these men have got a, a past and a history that's going to come out here tonight. But can Page rely on himself? Or might he need some friends with the Ravens flock at ringside? Especially in a Ravens rules match. I mean, a flock are a very important um, part of who Raven is at this moment in time, aren't they? They're basically dealing with Saturn as well, how tough he is. 
But now it's got to be one-on-one, Raven and DDP. Can Raven back up everything he said? I don't like Raven. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'll continue saying it. I think Raven had huge potential. I think there's a couple of guys really missed out on. Talking about characters, I think Vampiro and Raven were two guys in WSW that maybe could have made it in WWE if they had been used right. I think the Raven character, there's a lot of stuff like quite the Raven, a lot of promos you could have done, a lot of things that would have been quite cool. I think we've seen it a little bit with a flock, even though it is the same kind of ideas, the NWO. And we're going to start off and it's, oh my God. The sick boy grabs out a page and Raven's going to clock him with a belt. Page ducks out of the way, Raven clocks sick boy and then just goes to work on Raven. No, I don't think it's going to be time to talk. They want to be fighting and you talk about Raven dress for it. You know, DDP's got the jeans on looking for a fight. And he calls the people's champion. Oh, whip to Raven in the corner. Sternum first. Oh, high back body drop. <clears throat> Crowd definitely love Paige. Wait, Paige, wait for Raven to get up, and then he just forearms him out of the ring. There's that sick boy again grabbing Raven. Oh! And Raven leapfrogs over the top rope. Takes out both sick boy and Raven. You don't see DDP flying <laughs> through the air that often. He did there. Oh! Sends sick boy into barricade. Oh! Goes up in the apron, but Raven takes him down. And then Raven again with a big knee to Page. Page goes down low. Uh, Raven goes down low on Page. Oh, short arm clothesline takes DDP down. You know, Raven might be going for the even flow. No, Page sends him back first into the turnbuckle. Now, Page. Oh, nice swing. Yeah, lovely swinging net breaker. Goes for the cover. But Raven managing to kick out. Uh-uh. Page now going for the diamond cut, but Raven dodging that. So both men avoided the other's finishes. Raven saying, right, I've had enough now. I'm going home. That annoys me because he actually wants to go for the US title. Why is he not trying to go in this match? And stay maybe in this match? maybe he's goading, goading Page into a more... An area more suited to Raven. Maybe he's got more of a flock waiting for him around here. Maybe sabotage. But I think you're right. Maybe Raven just doesn't want to fight, Dan. Maybe. Oh! <laughs> Ref got taken out. No wonder why he's dead. Well, Raven <laughs> on the top of that stagecoach gets pushed off by DDP. Now Paige on top. <laughs> oh, dear. And that must have been about 15 or 20 feet off the top rail to Raven. You're right, James. It did look about 25, 30 feet up in the air. Shoulder to Raven. Well, Raven's flock match. So uh, Raven's flock. Raven's rules match. So anything happens. And hey, what's it matter? Oh! Well, Raven dipped into the, uh, it's like the wooden fence setup they've got on the entranceway. Yeah, we spoke about the set, didn't we? And how it was set up in a barn. They've already used a stagecoach and they've just gone through the fencing. I think that was an actual trash can to the face of Raven. Raven's rules match. Anything goes. Oh, look, the WSWWrestling.com boys are there. They're going to be in trouble in a minute. Oh! And they get another fence and DDP's all fired up for this one. Well, you've got to avoid those wagon wheels. And that looks like quite sturdy fence in there. And Paige has got Raven now. What's he going to do? Suplex him. On the website table. Well, you wanted to fight Paige. 
Huge DDP chant. Oh! Oh, but Raven pushes DDP off into the, uh, like the kind of setting. Yeah, into the, uh, the, the kind of backdrop. WSWS.com thing is completely demolished now. Maybe there's a problem. <laughs> like they said earlier. Oh! Well, whatever. The plastic pl- tray there, I think, shattered over DDP's head. Well, that could have gone in his eye. Raven has finally got Paige down. <laughs> Looked to place DDP on a table, but the table gave away straight away. I think he's going to go for a second one. Go on a bit more gently this time, yeah, DDP. Go on. More, more, more. There we go. Raven's like, go up at the same time. So where's he going now? Onto the uh, stand with the fans. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and that table didn't give away. Damn it. Paige rolls off low into the fencing. And Paige has been injured for, what, a year and a half now with those ribs. So... He's in serious trouble and what's... Oh, no. Oh, I thought he's going to choose. Just going to whip him with a kettlebell. We've seen everything but the kitchen sink, James. Yeah, well, here comes another trash can. Here comes a trash can. And Paige staggering to his feet, right to the back. That's where Raven's going to stab you, right in the back. And he's more cowbell. Well, Dan, this is no ball. As we see here, DDP getting the shit kicked out of him recently. He is indeed, yes. It has been uh, all Raven for the last five minutes. Now Raven dragging Paige down to the ring. And he's choking him as as he's dragging him down there. Oh, there's a the kitchen sink. Oh, there you go. Had the kitchen sink. And now Raven's got the kitchen sink. So, Dan, you've seen everything. Including the kitchen sink. Yeah. Oh, right to the back. And the tap went flying. Well, that certainly wasn't a tap to the back of Paige. Well, it was, but it wasn't. Well, somehow Paige managing to kick out. Uh. And now Raven going back to choking. Is that wise from Paige, or is that just uh, a bit of stupidity now? I think Paige is delaying the inevitable, you know. I think Raven's been on top now. Paige, I know he's got a lot of fight, but, you know, live to fight another day. The hand now dropping once, twice. But not three times, a lady. Paige now fighting for his life, trying to get up. Oh, Paige must have his second wind. He's fighting for his US title. Drop toe hold. Raven goes right into the kitchen sink. That's not a fucking Chinese man coming to the ring. Paige now going to go for the cover. And look at Kidman off the top. Oh! Oh, DDP saw him coming. Clocks in with a big right hand, sends him out the ring. Goes for another cover. Oh! Raven managing to kick out. Ah, it has not been Billy Kidman's night. It really hasn't. It hasn't, no. He should stop getting involved in matches. <laughs> and now Sick Boy up. Oh! Crutch to the back of DDP. Raven with a cover. One, two. Oh! oh. Still managing. Uh, Paige showing his toughness. And now Raven, thinking this is over, is going to try and suplex Paige. Paige blocking it. Small package. One, One two. two. Oh! Raven somehow get the shoulder off at two. Two. And then straight back on the attack. Now with a stomp. Now saying to the crowd, I'm saying to Van Hammer, get up. And now he is off the top rope. Oh, oh but again, Paige ducking out of the way. Van Hammer hitting Raven. And then the kitchen sink hitting Van Hammer. Well, it serves him right, that fucking idiot. Paige going for the cover. One, two. two. Oh. But Raven managing to get his shoulder up at two. Two. 
And the commentator's trying to tell us that Raven enjoys this punishment. No, he doesn't. Oh, my word. And DDP certainly wouldn't enjoy that. A thunderous low blow from Raven. And now Raven calling out the flock. Why? What, look at the damage they've already done. Here comes the big man, Reese. And now Reese got Paige up. Slams him down. One, two. But Paige still managing to kick out. Ah. And now Reese, like any sensible man would do, just goes out the ring. Someone else coming. My Raven saying to Lodi, give me the sign. Stop. Yeah, you're right. Oh, Oh, wow. DDP pushes it into Raven's head. Hits Big Reese on the head with it. Hits uh, (laughs) Van Hammer with it. Sick boy's got the stop sign. Gets punched into him. Billy Kidman in again on the back of DDP. Oh, Oh, what a beautiful (laughs) diamond cutter there. Who's that? Is that a fan? There's a man with a stop sign ahead. Even flow. DDT. Two, One, two, three. three. That's Horace Hogan. I promise you that's Horace Hogan. I promise you, Dan. But I thought Horace Hogan had long hair. No, and he did. Got it wrong. And looked a bit like a crush. Uh, a bit like a... Uh, Barber. Bar- oh, that's people spitting at him. That's lovely. Well, we have a new United States champion in Raven... He wins it with the even flow, but what a brutal brawl that was. That was great. I really, really enjoyed that. I thought that was a lot better than the match before it. Now, I thought this match has is, uh, is certainly been one of the better ones on the card. Yeah, I don't think it's over between these two men here. I mean, we see replay. I mean, have you ever seen a diamond cut like that before, Dan, eh? That was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, even Randy Orton's not hit one like that yet. And the ones hit better ones. No, well, there we go. It doesn't matter because Paige, you know, shut up. Uh, <laughs> and Raven hit the even, even flow DDT, winning the US title. It's a prestigious championship. Talk about legends that won that Harley race, Steve Austin and, and et al. Like that. Raven now becomes US champion. Fortunately for him, up next, he's got to face Goldberg on Nitro tomorrow night. So we'll see how that goes. For Raven, but hey, he he might be lucky. But even though DDT on Page and Raven gets a victory over Page, Page is a big star. I think it's good for Raven. I think it was a really really good match. So now all that's left for us to say is, well, it's the main event time, isn't it? Main Bring event, out it? Michael Buffer. Michael Buffer. So here we go. It is Michael Buffer doing the in ring entrances. Do you think it adds something to it? No. Because they use it every week on fucking Nitro. Every fucking pay-per-view. It's pointless. Yep. Use it for the main event of a WrestleMania, and that is it. Yeah. Or, of course, Royal Rumble. So here comes Macho Man with Liz. And considering he took the cast off early, he's got knee ligament damage. Doesn't look too bad, does he, considering what State saw on Nitro a couple of weeks ago? No, he looks in a rather good shape, to be fair. Here comes Macho Madness. Can he... Can he do it? Willie. <laughs> Willie. Beat Stinger tonight. You mark my TARDIS. Tonight, Macho's going to give it his all to beat Sting. Let's get serious now. Macho is in the ring with Liz, ready for action. Sting comes out with massive fireworks. He has found the WWE World Heavyweight title, which is great news for all of us. But he's still not wearing it around his waist. Just and still he's still it. not got a nameplate on it either. No, he's just holding it. Just, you know. And here comes Sting, man of little words. Defended it against Nash last on Nitro last week, but you could say really not without the uh, upset with Bret Hart getting involved. And Macho started the attack early. Well, Sting was going to get his coat. 
Well, Sting didn't even have a chance to jack it off before Macho Man was straight on the case. And Macho takes Sting to the outside and uh, sends him into barricade. It is Macho Madness. Bobby Heenan thinks he's the most dangerous man in WCW in the wrestling world. Dan, do you agree? No. And Macho's got Sting. <laughs> Macho's got Sting back of the head. Sends him face first into the turnbuckle. No, Macho Man, the baddest man on the planet. Um, Sting working on the arm of Macho. Macho certainly has some madness issues. Do you reckon he's got Kurt Hennig's uh, right knee brace? Because that looks exactly the same as his. Into the same shop. Oh, Sting sends down Macho. Or the same props box. <laughs> Sting throws Macho over the top. And he's got Buff's arm bandage as well. I mean, the NWO do love sharing things, Miss Elizabeth. <coughs> and Sting sends Macho into the barricade. This is tight on the line, Dan. This is serious stuff here. I don't want to hear about Miss Elizabeth knickers. And he's borrowed Hogan's weightlifting belt. That's <laughs> madness. No, it's Hogan's. And Sting goes into the ring. Because everybody's very emotional. Now Macho's going to take a break. He's walking away, but we know exactly what happened to Raven when he tried walking away. He won the match. He did, so maybe this is going to be the same here. Here comes Sting. Oh, it grab- Macho grabs a wagon wheel. Oh! I guess Irish whipped into the, uh, the fence. Don't forget, Dan. This is a no-DQ match, so anything goes. Oh! And he gets thrown over it. He landed on a wagon wheel. Well, if he's already injured, he's still he's going to be injured any every what? Well, if he's injured, he's already injured. <laughs> Macho's already injured. He's going to be injured even more after landing on that wagon wheel. And now he's being choked by Macho. Oh, and then he gets Irish whipped to the. Uh... There's not any pyro at the moment. Uh, both men will go up. And now Sting's got Macho. Hello. He's going to send Macho into the fence. Oh my god. Oh. Throat first across that wooden fence. Oh, have you ever had wood in your throat, Dan? It hurts. I'll take your word for it, Jimbo. And now Sting he's picking up a hay bale. He's trying to find a needle in it. Oh, ends up getting more hay over his head. <laughs> that can be very abrasive, hay can, James. It, it can be. It can rub you the wrong way. And maybe Sting put it on as a bit of um, bit of kind of undercover work. <laughs> trying to hide his face. Camouflage. A bit of undercover work. <laughs> yeah. Camouflage. He's put it on as. But now we can see. He looks like a scarecrow. Scarecrow. Get it? Because he's a crow. And he's covered in hay. Hay. I liked that it. That wasn't funny. No, I liked it. Macho to the barricade. Sting working away over Macho. Oh, looks like he's going to go for a Stinger Splash. Oh! oh! Macho moves out of the way. Sting throat first into barricade. And now Macho's got Sting. Throws him into the ring post. I just said that, Tony. And now Macho throws Sting in. Goes for the cover. One, two. Oh, oh he had his feet on the middle rope. Proper hill. No, it was actually his instep, not his hill. And now Macho would have punches to Sting. Fans can't believe what they've seen here tonight. Not sure who to cheer. They want Sting, I think, to win. But like I said, Macho crazy. Madness. And he clotheslines Sting down, but Sting getting showed up at two. Two. And now Macho maybe looking for the pole driver. Sting with a backdrop. And now Sting. Oh, oh, looking to drop the elbow, but Savage moves out of the way. And Macho just trying to wear Sting down now. Not been a lot of not been a lot of wrestling. Certainly hasn't, but it's uh, it's been a punishing match for these two guys. But Sting blocking Savage's punch, throws him out of the ring, and pursues him quickly. <laughs> and now Sting's got hold of Macho's head. 
He does. He has him has hold of him by his hair follicles. He does, and he's going to suplex him on them wafer thin mats. And James, just how thin are them mats? Oh my god, they they are. You know, like a sheet of paper. I hope he's sharing. Is <laughs> it sheet of paper? They're, they're even thinner than that. It's it's le- it's it's you know the boring. Even they wouldn't be no, able. James, James, what? Just say wafer thin or oh. mere millimeters. Sorry, thin. sorry, you I don't have to. I got to learn it. Elaborate too much on it. It's like tracing paper. That would have been better. Yeah. The tracing paper is actually thicker than normal paper. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. That's why you do that bit and I do this bit. Macho now getting up, looking at the fans and going, Oh, yeah, I'm going to hit a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Macho is in trouble. Sting, just let him get counted out. If the count out works, even though it's no disqualification. And Liz helping Macho get in the ring. Get me in the ring. Only if you get me in the ring later, baby. Is that what Liz said? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's well, she don't talk much. Yeah, she's got a different voice than you expect, wouldn't you, when you speak to her. And Sting now choking out that show. And the commentator's still talking up the NWO power struggle. Well, I've seen none. You've seen that? You've seen, oh, yeah, you think it's accidental, Hogan hitting Nash, do you? And if Macho wins, then he claims he could be the leader of the NWO. And that was a low blow, blatant by Macho. No DQ, so... It- doesn't matter. Ooh, going to get him. Get him, macho. <laughs> I'm going to hit him in the nuts like I'm going to hit that tree. Dig it. Oh, no, I was doing Liz. <laughs> get him, macho. <laughs> Do you want some eggs with that? <laughs> Sting down, macho off the top of the elbow. No. Oh, no. Sting quickly recovering to his feet, taking out macho as he's jumping off the top rope. Quite incredible there by Sting to recover. Now he's backed up Macho in the corner. Ooh. Sting a splash. Oh. Sting stops himself short of hitting Charles Robinson. But Macho Man hits him into Robbo anyway. Well, Macho now has got Sting. Pile driver time. Folds up the Stinger. Well, Sting getting to his feet already, though. Savage don't realise the impact. Oh, now he does. Oh, and Sting flexing himself, and Liz is in. Gonna oh, hit you with a chair. Sting with... <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. Sting. <laughs> she hit Sting with a chair. Macho blocks a punch. No. Oh. Liz gets Stinger splashed. You right, girl? You right, girl? Bang. Oh. Sting gets chair smashed. Chair smashed to the back of the head. And why did Charles Robinson need to get knocked out? I mean, it's anything goes match anyway. So it is. It wouldn't have counted. And now there's another referee coming down and Macho going oh, to come off Hogan. the top. Oh, <laughs> Hogan. Oh, no. Grabs hold of Savage's leg, throws him off the top. And Hogan's cost Nash and now he's just cost Macho. And what the hell is this about? It is a Hogan show. Liz getting taken away. Well, Hulk Hogan, the gift that keeps on giving. Even if he's not meant to, he just gives. But Macho up before Sting anyway. And now suplex to Sting. No, Sting box it. Scorpion death drop. And Sting's here. Referee's still out. Well, Sting goes for the cover. One, two, Nash is in the ring. And now Big Sexy in. And he clocks Sting from behind. So he's just undoing all of Hogan's hard work. Yep, so Hogan come out here. Doesn't matter, he's gone. And now Nash's got Sting. Jackknife, powerbomb, sting. Well, that's going to be a fine there. Well, he might have been allowed on Monday, but surely he's not allowed tonight. Don't call me Shirley, but the ref don't see it, so it don't matter anyway. One, two, 
Frey and Savage is your new heavyweight champion of the world. My God, so Macho Man, the man who was stretched, you know, out by the ambulance last time out is two weeks later recovered, and he is WWE champion thanks to Nash. And well, it's NWO for life. So, my God, what an awful finish to that match! But we got a new champion. Dan, what are your thoughts? <clears throat> yes, uh, the match was actually going quite well until Charles Robinson got knocked and he didn't get back up again. And again, you know, it's an NWO decided finish as Nash is kicking Charles Robinson in the head, trying to make him stir. Now, lots of stuff get thrown in. And Charles Robinson is a new world heavyweight champion. And he wants referee to award the title to Macho. Uh, yeah, not bad, bro, is it? I mean, it's a bit weird after we saw the United States title match travel this match here and the kind of what it brought. It's kind of the same thing. There wasn't a lot of wrestling involved, but towards the end, it was getting quite good. The breath bump, like you said, Charles Robinson getting involved in the Liz thing. It's a bit over the top. And if Hogan came out here to stop him, why wouldn't he stay out to make sure the job was finished? Why would he just go? Or if Nash could scare him away or something like that, that would probably make more sense rather than what we saw. Well, I would have thought that they would have crossed paths... Yeah. On the way, because Hogan was on his way back as Nash came out. Well, Hogan's out here and he's only happened. He's come out here with the disciple. And Hogan says Nash has got hell to pay. Uh, so, very interesting end there to the pay-per-view. Macho's champion. And Sting kind of looked like a fucking idiot in that one. Um, all right, let's run through the card then before we finish it on this episode. Don't forget we're back. Next episode, Dublin R one five five part three. We'll have two nitros, a full outbeat, and of course two roars, and we'll look at Unforgiven as well, nineteen ninety eight. But this match, so we go back to match one, and it was Goldberg versus Saturn to kick us off. Dan, what's your thoughts and ratings on the match? I thought this match was really well. Uh, it was a really good start off. We we thought Saturn was going to be a bit of a well, not much of a challenge for Goldberg, but you know, a bit more of a challenge then most of the jobbers he's been running through of late. Goldberg very impressed me with his variety and range of moves that he had. I'm going to give that a three and a half out of five. Yeah, I give that three and a half out of five as well. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great way to start a pay-per-view. Match two, Charvo versus Dragon. Very technical, wasn't it? Like we saw Eddie Grow at ringside kind of made that match. Looking on and trying to tell Charvo what to do. Uh, Dragon, of course, pulled the victory out with Dragon Sleep. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was very good. I gave that three and a half out of five as well. I got the second one, three, out of five, three and a half out of five, like I did the first match. Dan? Again, it was a good storytelling. I liked Teddy Guerrero's part in it as well. I gave that a three out of five. Three out of five. Uh, match three, Benoit versus Booker Dan. Again, this match has told a great story. These two guys have been going back and forth quite a bit. They've had two time limit draws. And the way this one ended, I, I don't know, it was, it was kind of like Benoit's in kind of came undone. But, again, the quality of the match, I gave that one a four. Yeah, well, I gave that three and a half out of five. Like I said, just towards the end, I didn't really like the ref bump. I would like it done a little bit cleaner. But then again, the story's going to continue, so that was good. And they're great in-ring competitors. Match four, let it down big time. Henning versus Bulldog, waste of time. Uh, but they all look pretty awful in this one, really. I just think it's just because they get paid so much they had to get featured. I gave that two out of five. Again, it was just terrible. It was like a, an old WWF match. I gave that a one and a half out of five. Wow. Um, match five, Prince Ayaka versus Chris Jericho. Chris Total. I thoroughly enjoyed this match. It was uh, a good bit of back and forth. Told a good story. 
Jericho. I'm absolutely loving him. And if you know, if WCW let him go anytime soon, they're going to be complete idiots. Yep. They're, no, sorry, they're going to be stupid idiots. <laughs> um, Prince Arcade. I wasn't that impressed by him, but still, the match on in a whole, I gave that a three and a half out of five. Yeah, I gave that a three out of five. I thought it was it's very good. The end did need a little bit of work, but apart from that, it was all right. Match six, Scott and Buff versus Luger and Rick. Uh, a lot better than I thought it was going to be, actually. See Scott's starting to act like a bit of a fool. The chicken run away from his brother, Rick. He don't want none. And Luger looked quite good in that one. When you sparringly, Luger don't look too bad, you know, with the torch rack and stuff. Uh, I gave that a two and a half out of five. Again, yeah, it was, it was more of a storied match. And it's good to see when good prevail. Yeah. For a little while as well. And I gave that a two and a half out of five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, match seven, Psychosis versus the Parker. This match, it was uh, it was just thrown in there. And again, it was a good match between the two. Two high-flying guys. Very similar personalities. It it fitted in there really well. I think that should have actually been in between the two main event style matches, yeah. personally. Because it kind of broke them up. And I gave that a three out of five. Yeah, I gave that a three out of five as well. Um, match eight. Hogan with Nash versus Piper and Giant. Uh, bat match. Now, again, I was really enjoying bit moments in this. I thought it looked really good. I thought Giant looked quite cool. And even Piper and Hogan were satisfactory. Then the ending happened. And I just kind of just thought, oh, for fuck, why do they do it every single time? So I gave that a three out of five. And I just put awful finish. Again, I'm not the biggest fan of honour pole matches. I did enjoy moments of it, as you say, but... Again, the ending was terrible. It's it's almost predictable that if NWO are in a match, it's going to be a foofy, fluffy finish. And it prevailed, and I gave that a two and a half out of five. Yeah, yeah. Um, really, because it, like, it weren't too bad because it was a bat match. But match nine, Raven versus DDP. Raven's rules, United States title. I think this match should have happened a bit earlier on the card with what happened in the last match, the no disqualification match for the heavyweight title. I thought that was quite a thoroughly enjoyable match. I was getting into it, you know. They they had a few bigger bumps. They had it was like a hardcore match. Yeah, I know it's Ravens rules, but um, yeah, it was it was thoroughly about three and a half out of five. Yeah, I gave that a four out of five. I thought that was my that was my match of the night on this one here. Uh, I, I thought it was really, really good. Well done. I think Raven looked strong in it. Did if he looked strong? I even like the flock getting involved and stuff like that. And I thought it was a really good story. Match ten, Sting versus Macho. Now, again, to have the right. So yeah, Sting versus Macho. Uh, again, not much, really much of a match, and it kind of turned into like the Hogan NWO Nash storyline more than a pay per view. A match. If you're gonna have a pay per view match, then you've got to have an end goal. We've seen it countless times now in pay per view matches to WCW. It was all screwy finishes in main event matches are leading to the next show, and that's not how it works. You see the WF way of doing it. When it comes to WrestleMania, you have your serious finishes, pay per views end stuff, then you continue feuds there. This kind of Macho is a new champion, but that was taken away through what Hogan did with Nash and now their problems together and what happens next, you know. So I think that was a bit of a shame. I gave that a three out of five. Dan? Yeah, again, it was it was a really annoying finish. If, you know, if Nash was going to come in and get involved, what was the point in Hogan getting involved in the first yeah, place? Exactly. And I also gave that a three out of five. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense, does it? You know, disappointed. But final thoughts, I thought uh, rating out of ten, Dan, would you rate that out of ten? 
I've given that a 6.5 out of 10. I think that was probably one of the worst pay-per-views I've seen in a while. I, I disagree with you. I still give it a 7 out of 10, but I still think it was a good pay-per-view overall. We had Goldberg, Saturn, that delivered. That was a three and a half, five. You know, that was a good ranked match. So was Chavo's match. So was Benoit's match. So was the Jericho match. So was Raven Dede. So okay, it had like six, me, seven me... matches. Shut that up, were... shut up, shut well, up, good. Shut up. Let, me, let me redeem myself. <laughs> It was a terrible pay-per-view in the parts where NWO was involved. Yes, oh, that's fair enough. Before you cut me off rudely. No, I don't call me rudely. Uh, <laughs> yes, it was BNWO parts were bad, but the rest of the card was good. So your match of the night was Benoit versus Booker. My match of the night was Raven versus DDP. I gave it a 7, down 6.5. So our next pay-per-view will be... In May, WWE versus WCW, and we'll be looking at WF's Over the Edge 1998, which is great. But like I say, we'll be back on part three with WNL 155. We'll be looking at two Nitros and two Raws. But until then, that is it. Anything else, Dan? Chris Benoit's innocent. Uh, before we go, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at WWE Network Review or at Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at J underscore Rollins, Real Circle Forms, WWE Network Review on Google. Send us an email, WNLpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook. Yes, Facebook, and come and find our page and give us a like with the WWE Network. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Facebook, and come and find our page and give us a like with the WWE Network review, or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Network Review Podcast. Clips going out there, podcasts got the same time to do all places like SoundCloud. On your phone. On. Spe- uh, speaking of SoundCloud, don't forget you can subscribe to you can subscribe to Diddly, our WNR Music's the Dominar Podcast Music Maker. Uh, we're also on Speaker Radio. We've got a live show coming in June. And Stitcher Radio and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. But that is it. Like I say, we'll be back for part three tomorrow. But until then, I've been James Rollins and as always, I was joined by... Dan Mike. Thanks for listening, everybody. And bye. Bye. <laughs>